Are we <clears> going <throat> to say the name of our episode or our podcast at any point? How about right now? Can we just say? <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh-huh. All right. Burn all the ships. Down. We're living our life a quarter mile at a time. Welcome to the Fast and the Furious bonus episode. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Sarah, you're my ride or die. Yeah, and I'm here for you. I just sat through nine Fast and the Furious movies, so yeah, ride or die is exactly what we are. Yes, and I really, really appreciate you leaning into this with me. Uh, so I had to condense my notes severely. Well, Sarah also had told me that I could not go over two hours, so I'm going to try and keep this really tight. Okay, so I'm going to preface before I get into my rants, that I will not be covering Tokyo Drift at any point. (laughs) I respect it for what it is. It's a fine movie about cars, but it doesn't have the family in it. And also I was told not to watch it, so. Yeah, because I wasn't going to (laughs) bother. It's fine. Uh, I think maybe one day I'll do like a drunk history retelling. I would like that actually a lot. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning, and I just want to talk a little bit about how I got into Fast and the Furious and why it means a lot to me before we actually get into the meat of it. Um, So I was trying to think back because this movie came out in like 2000, the first one. I think so. And so we were in fifth grade when that happened. And when it came out on VHS, don't know how it ended up at my house because it was definitely my movie. And I realized it was probably because I was getting to that stage where I was just crazy horny for Paul Walker. Mm. And so I was just getting any... What else was he in before this? I'm like... Blue Crush or whatever that is with Jessica oh, Alba. Oh, I remember that movie, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would, every time they'd just be like, we need a pretty blonde man. He is very pretty yes. and blonde. He yes. <laughs> and so I think it just spiraled from there. And um, me and my group of friends in high school, one of our things we would do on the weekends is we would go to Gratiot on Detroit and we would just race cars up and down the street until the sun came up. This is still very wild to me that you used to do this. I know. Yeah. Yeah, and we would just drive really fast and it would be though you get to a stoplight and then you look at each other and you rub your engines. Mm-hmm. It was nothing like the big productions or race wars or anything that's in Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. But at the time I felt like it because you're driving around and you're like peacocking and like mm. making all these friends and stuff. And so I have really fond memories of that. And then it only has become part of, like, my brand of who I am recently Mm -hmm. because people love to neg on me about it. Oh, yeah. And I've just been absorbing it. Like, it's boing flip. Give me, yes. This hatred of my favorite thing. Is making it grow stronger. And I kind of wanted to do this episode, too, to kind of build up that evidence. Mm -hmm. And so now here it is. (laughs) Well, now you have an uninterrupted platform to yell all of your feelings without people being like, oh, no, no. It's like, oh, you have to listen to me now, or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. And so. you can't interrupt me. Thank you for coming to this <laughs> podcast, this episode. But what I think made it such a guilty pleasure is it's like a soap opera and a comic book had a baby, mm-hmm. and every movie, they have found the perfect formula to increase the amount of heists and stunts and attractive people. Yeah. And it's just this, like, adrenaline rush every single time I watch one of the new movies. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, because before we did this, you had only watched two. I think I had seen one at some point, and two I had seen, like, a hundred times. It's one of those things, like, my parents have HBO and Showtime Mm -hmm. and Stars and stuff at home. 
And for some reason, all those platforms are super horny for the sequel of everything. Like, they never play the first movie of any of these franchises. Oh, it's always, like, Terminator 2, Rocky 2, Fast and the Furious 2. And you're like, but I want to see the first one. You're like, no, never. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll just watch the second one again. So, yeah, I've seen the second one, like, a hundred times. And one of them, I think it was five. Yeah, it was five. I'd seen the ending before because when, like, during the heist, I was like... I know where the money is. And <laughs> I was like, ah, I've seen this. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so I didn't have the same kind of, like, love for the franchise because I hadn't seen most of it. But I, like, I love a found family. And I have such, like, nostalgia for action movies. Like, mm-hmm. me and my dad and my brothers used to watch action movies all the time, especially, like, Jason Statham movies and movies with, like, wrestlers in them so i've seen a lot of the rocks movies and john cena movies and things like that Mm -hmm. and so i haven't been watching them lately because that's just not something i'm usually going to pick nowadays but this was such like a good feel good return like especially now that i have a lot of time to consume media again it's been such a great return to that just like feel good like all these people are just like doing all these crazy stunts and and trying their hardest. And it was just such a good, like, brain break for me. I really liked it a lot. That's what's always so fun about these movies is you don't have to think about anything. And the the thing that always amazes me about people's biggest criticism of the franchise is, like, they should have stuck to street racing when that is arguably the most boring part. It is. Of the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's that you can watch the ending of Fast Five or you can watch... Um, Fast and the Furious 7, and the amount of action that is packed into those, mm-hmm. you, it could be, it could go either way with what kind of franchise it's in. Like you said, you've seen it and you did not connect the two because it's so far away from street racing now yeah. than it ever was before. And I, always, I thought it was really funny. There was one part that I loved, and I think it was Fast 5. They were getting ready to do the heist, and so they're like, we're going to need a couple of cars, or we're going to need to run some times. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brian, go get us a couple of cars. And he goes out, and he's like, oh, I'm back on my street racing gang, and they don't even show the race. He just pulls back up with two new cars, and it's like, of course he was going to win. I know. I was so relieved at that. Actually, I was like, I cannot watch another, like, hyped-up, like, macho dude who's like, oh, I'm going to win. And they're just like, no, you're fucking oh, not. Yeah. Like, we're not even going to waste time on this. And I was like, thank you. Like, let's just get into the heist part. I don't care about anything else. Yeah, because the those race sequences, before it was, oh, we're doing a quarter mile. Mm-hmm. And then in two, all of a sudden it's like three miles. Like, oh, it's five miles on the yeah. GPS because she keeps counting down. And so they like every time the races got longer and longer, and then finally they were like, oh, but just no more races. Yeah. It's like, yes, good choice. Yeah, how about we just do other things? Well, and that's the thing. The other thing I really like about the franchise is that Every movie has a different kind of action. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like James Bond or, like, Sherlock Holmes or the Justice League or something where every movie has a different, like, one time it's a bank heist and then it's, Mm -hmm. like, a shadowy government thing and then it's a kidnapping and then it's, like, everyone is a different, completely different problem. Mm -hmm. And so even though it is the same people over and over, it's, like, a episode in a larger history of them. I'm very glad you said that because here is my major theory for the movie <laughs> with the for the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. This is a superhero universe. I would even argue that they could match up with like the Avengers at some mm-hmm. point. They could exist in the Marvel universe seamlessly. And their powers are a little silly. 
but it's everyone has their identity in the group and they even take the time to like call them out when they're assembling the team in um to get Letty back, I'm pretty sure. They're like, okay, we're going to need a chameleon, somebody who blends in. We need a fast talker. We need a circuit guy. That's we, five, because it's yeah. the bank heist one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so you're watching this team assemble, and they all have their, like, role. It's almost like the X-Men or something. Yeah. It's so much fun. And um, mostly I focused on watching Dom's, like, transformation into a superhero mm-hmm. because – he was just kind of like this father figure in the first movie because mm-hmm. he was going around like, got to take care of Jesse and um, this is my band of brothers and family, family, family. Like he's always like mm-hmm. pounding his chest about that. But after Letty dies, he has this like, I read way too much into this, but he stopped <laughs> wearing white and he started wearing black the entire time Letty died. Oh. And so it was like he went back to his house and, like, all of a sudden now he has a uniform. He's like, okay, I'm going to put on this, like, black bat suit. Mm-hmm. He puts on his, like, cross chain that Letty brought back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, yeah, he's got his uniform. And then he's in his bat cave where he has his batmobile. And, like, he's geared up and all he wants to do is get revenge for Letty's death. Well, and that car ends up being, like, his batmobile. Mm-hmm. It, like, goes through all these changes throughout the the. Sh- the franchises like every movie it's got a new like special feature or mm-hmm. you know it gets souped up just the mo- just so that like the villains get souped up like mm-hmm. they start off with like petty theft right and then they're dealing with a drug dealer mm-hmm. right and then it's like a mob boss of drug dealers and then it's like an evil black ops team and then it's like predator drones and international hackers like Ramps way up. Right. But they're, like, it's done in a way that it seems normal that they could handle it. Mm-hmm. Like, that it's just another, like, ho-hum, oh, yeah, we'll get into our fast cars yeah. and we'll do something about it. And that's the thing is, like, the cars are the tools that they use. Whenever they're in, like, fisticuffs and they're fighting, then there's, like, shootouts. But mm-hmm. as soon as they get into a car, nobody's doing drive-bys, nobody's, like, trying to shoot out the tires. It's, mm-hmm. like oh, we are driving down an expressway. That tank just flattened that car. Looks like it would make a pretty good anchor, don't you think? And they're like, I'm on it. And then they use these as, like, tools, like transformers or something yeah, to yeah, fight yeah. the bad guy. And then, yeah, like you said, like the not only do the villains get wilder, but the characters themselves develop, like, superhuman strength and, like, they don't get hurt at all anymore. Yeah. Dom can leap across... a uh, lanes of traffic and catch Letty out of the air and land on a car and just be like, you good? Okay. Yeah, and then, people like, land on cars all the time. Yeah. That's a classic superhero thing. Like, I'm going to catch you and we're going to full, like, flatten the top of this, like, mm-hmm. Subaru. And, like, I'm just going to go, are you okay? And I'm like, dude, my back would be broken in half if I did that. And then there's the part in five when Elena is trying to capture Dom and she's got like her tactical gear on Mm -hmm. and somebody goes to shoot at her and Dom in his just tank top leaps in front of her and like grabs her to protect her. Yeah. And it's like, do you have impenetrable skin? She has a bulletproof vest. That wife beater is very strong. (laughs) Right. No, I kept thinking, I think I wrote down at some point like, how did these Grease Monkey Street Rats get here? Like, I think it was in one of the movies where they're literally, like, skydiving with cars. I know, like, that is so good. Like, their cars are so skydiving. Good. 
Or one of the times when they're like jumping from building to building to building in a car, like miles above the earth. And it's like, oh, this is chill, whatever. And the only thing that they can do is be like, dom, dom, dom. And I'm like, I would be screaming my head off. But this is just like, oh, cool. Of course, you're going to survive this. This is survivable. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they are always one step ahead. And they're as long as they're in their cars, it's fine. Even Hobbs, when he is... um, when he's first introduced and they're like, okay, you got to go take down these guys. They're in Brazil. They're, you know, uh, running. They got the technology. You got to go get them or whatever mm-hmm. that is. He's assembling his team, his crew to go get them. And he says, whatever you do, don't let them get into cars. Right. Like they're gremlins. Oh, something. yeah. Yeah. No, people are very aware of how, like, dangerous and skilled they are. And and I always laughed, like, there's so many other things that, that are good. Like you said, Dom's a great fighter. Mm-hmm. All of them end up being very good at fighting. And I love they do that, like, heavyweight battle. Yes. Like you say, like, it's not just, like, punching or, like, shootouts or whatever. It's, like, two jacked dudes picking each other up and, like, throwing each other into cars and concrete blocks and, like, just huge pieces of metal. And they're just, like, shake it off and then go back to punching each other. Uh-huh. And I love when Jason Statham does show up. And, like, he does martial arts kind of fighting. He doesn't do, the, like, heavyweight fighting. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote down, like, he brought kicks to a hitting fight. Because <laughs> he'd be, like, kicking them in the face, and they'd be, like, whatever. Like, fl- like it away. letting him away like a fly. And then they'd be, like, and, like, smash him in the face. And he's, like, oh, God, man, I'm getting tore up. I'm, like, yeah. Well, yeah, Dom did say that's the thing about coming to a street fight. The streets always win. Yeah. I think he said that two shot <laughs> in, like, did. seven or something. Well, and then there was another thing, like, like you said, the soap opera thing is um, when Letty comes back and she has amnesia. Oh, so good. That's my favorite part of the whole... And I was like, wow, I haven't seen amnesia as a plot device in a long time. And so either she's A, in a soap opera, or B, like, the Winter Soldier from the Avengers. It's like, who knows? Yeah, and I love that they didn't do anything where, like, oh... Dom showed her something or she saw that picture of them together and all of her memories came back. Like, she leaned into it. He kept being like, do you remember this yet? Even when he took her home, like, this is where you live. Do you remember? And she's like, nope. Not at all. (laughs) That was really bizarre, that whole thing. And I'm, like, glad they didn't force it, but still, it was like, he's like, do you remember? And she's like, no. No. I don't remember anything. And then he left, like, Helena, she left... That for was... them, she's like, I'll step aside. You're clearly in love with her. And meanwhile, Letty's like, she's like, take care of him. I'm giving him up to you. And she's like, thanks? Yeah. Like, I don't want to date him. <laughs> I don't know who this man is. Like, yes, he saved my life. And clearly he remembers me, but like, I don't know who he is. I have a lot to say about that whole relationship. Well, we'll get so into I will, yeah. family, the family Yeah, part. I will. And especially I'll save the relationship. Yeah. I'll stick to... I have a, a lot more to say about their superpowers. Well, do we want to jump in? We kind of skipped over it, but do you want to jump into rankings? I was going to do that last. Okay, we'll do rankings last. That's fine. I have more thoughts on them being superheroes. Okay, I will jump in on you on superheroes. Okay, so I was trying to think what makes a superhero movie, right? Not mm-hmm. just that these guys are impenetrable or whatever, but they have you have the hero that gets transformed in some way. Mm-hmm. So that's Dom. Letty dies. He has his suit. He has his superpowers, right? And then he has his abilities and gifts. And after Letty dies, he's like, I want to see the crash site. And he goes to the crash site, and then he has this, like, premonition. Like, there's no clues on the ground except, like, skid marks. And then all of a sudden, he's able to see 
exactly how everything played out. Mm-hmm. It was, that was very bizarre, but it was like all of a sudden he has way more insight. Like into, detective skills. Yeah, yeah, like he's Sherlock Holmesing mm-hmm. the situation. Um, and then I've already talked about his superhuman strength. But then uh, he he's also like MacGyver, like in eight. Like all of a sudden he oh, yeah. can look at cars and just be like, oh, I'll use a pop tab. And now this hunk of junk is going to win. Yeah. Like it's it's just the most bizarre development for him. Um, and then you have like they have to have a reason to be there. And so the government starts getting involved. Like before mm-hmm. it was like you said, oh, it's small town cops. Hey, can you help us bust this drug dealer? And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, Mr. Nobody is like the men in black. Oh, yeah. Of... Well, in the God's Eye, that is a total like superhero yes. movie thing. Yeah, like exactly. that seven and eight for sure, especially like once Mr. Nobody shows mm-hmm. up, like you say, they are 100% superhero movies because, yeah, nobody else would just call in up like civilian to be like oh hey can you and your like criminal crew fight these like terrorists it's Mm -hmm. like i guess why are you asking us but for them they're like yeah no we do this like this is our thing we fight terrorists (laughs) with cars and and yeah it's like not questioned at all and and like the federal government the international Mm -hmm. federal governments are like oh yeah we need to call in like the Fast and the Furious crew. Yeah, Hobbs, like, when they come to him to be like, you need to help us solve this, he's like, there's only one team in the world. And then even then, he says to the government, like, this is the best team in the world. You need to give them a reason to stay because you're not, like, pitching anything. They're yeah. Just, they're just here. Um, and then you mentioned the technology with God's Eye. Like, the crazy fast development of the technology from there's not really anything different in one but in Mm -hmm. two i noticed they had those like harpoons that as soon as attached to your car they could like control your car i know i thought that was i was i wrote that down i was like since when do the police have emps that they just shoot at people that seems insane yeah and so that got me sparked that like this is your first clue that you're in a different universe Like, it's one of those, um, what's it called? Like, it's like sort of like a magical realism where nobody's addressing that this is bizarre. It's just a normal thing happening. And it's like, oh, they got me again with that, those dang tasers. Yeah. And um, then, you know, it goes on from there. They just start throwing out words that you're like, is that a real thing? Like, they talk about, oh, we'll just have to get us a plasma cutter and then we can get through the safe. And it's like, what is that word you just said? Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, in the um, the shift for, I don't remember his name. I always just keep calling him Luda because he's ludicrous. Tej. Tej Parker. He, his transformation from, like, guy on the street, like, with his ear to the ground who sets up all yeah. the races to technological genius and, like... And he has a whole command center. He's, like, Alfred. He's yeah. the Alfred. He, like, is the hacker, and he just knows how to, like, break into these federal protected sites and, like... He uses, like, remote control cars to, like, infiltrate... Like, he's, like, a spy. Mm-hmm. He, he just himself. And that's just, like, never addressed. Like, when he got so into computers or... Like... Two movies before that, he was taking he just bets had like wave runners and, and doing yeah, wave <laughs> runner races, and then now he's like a tech genius. And I'm like, okay, like so. There's yeah. a lot of suspension of disbelief, but it is just like any kind of superhero movie where like, 
oh, this is just technology that exists in this world, Mm -hmm. and this is totally normal. Yeah, and this guy just knows how to do it. He got bit Mm -hmm. by, like, a computer bug. and Yeah, he he hit three keys, and he's into the system. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. He jammed the signals. Yeah. It's fine. You don't want to see him spend 30 minutes, like, trying to all these passwords. No, that's boring. Um, And then you also have to have some sort of code. And they, mm-hmm. I noticed more in this rewatch, because I haven't really watched them all in a row in a very long time. Um, but one of the things they kept saying is, like, oh, one thing I learned from Dom is you have to have a code. And, like, um, I'm just assuming Dom's code is, like, be a good person and don't <laughs> fuck with my family. I don't know, but even um, they have that trope that I love of where the hero is so close to killing the bad guy, and then they're like... I'm not going to kill you because that would make me a murderer like you. And then they always kind of just, like, let them go. And then it's like, oh, drats. Yeah. And then just the impossibleness of the danger, which also, like you said, cars are driving, jumping from building to building miles above the air, but they somehow can make it work. And then I think it was six when they're, yeah, they're fighting, like, the first Shaw's group. And they're like evil doppelgangers of them. That's another even superhero out, trope. Yeah. 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 It's where you have like the Bizarro team and they were trying to get onto a plane or like keep a plane from taking Take, off yeah. for like 35 minutes. How long is that runway? That runway was about 45 miles long. And what terrible pilots that they're like, we are being shot at, a wing is on fire, yeah. our cargo is falling off the back onto the runway, and they're just like annoyed, like, ugh, they can't get these flies away from their face or something. Well, and, and even that was preposterous, like that superhero preposterous, uh-huh. where they're like, oh, if we shoot the flap of the wing with a grappling hook, then we'll force them to the ground. And the fact that they know this is a thing, like they know enough about planes to do this is insane. But then the pilots actually say that. They're like, oh, they've punctured the flap. We can't go up. They're pulling us down. And I was like, are you kidding me? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I just just love it when a plan comes together. And that's the A team. That's not Fast and the Furious. It's all of the above. (laughs) It's all of the above. Okay. So then since we know that they're superheroes, let's talk about why they work so well as a team, which equals their family. Yes. Okay. So one thing that I thought was really neat as I was putting my notes together is it seems like they have every single kind of family in here that you can imagine. Like, there is familial blood family, like Dom and Mia, our brother mm-hmm. and sister. Then you have the dynamic with, like, Deckard and Owen, and his mom comes in. Love Mama Shaw. Can I just say, when she showed up, and I was like, is that Helen Mirren in a fucked up, god-awful prosthetic nose? Yeah. And then I looked, and I was like, that is Helen Mirren. Holy shit, they pulled Helen Mirren. Yeah. They can pull down Helen Mirren now. That's a huge pull. Yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. I love it. Um, And then you have your romantic family because there's Dom and Letty who are these childhood sweethearts. And then you have Brian who, oh, I love Mia so much, but I can't have her because she is Dom's... A true Romeo and Juliet. Exactly. But then, you know, they come together and they can have a family. Um, And then you have your band of brothers, like your friend family that Mm -hmm. feel so strongly that, you know, these are my family now. Um, and then you have work family because Brian has this like struggle between trying to be a good cop and even in the first uh, movie, his like whatever's the top oh, policeman Sarge. 
Yes. Which also... No, not, not Sarge. The other... Well, maybe. Is his, well, he was a sergeant. Yes. Like, his yeah, police yeah, yeah. sergeant. Mm-hmm. Who, just to pause, is Buffalo Bill. Yes, it is. That's fucked up. Yes. Uh, that really threw me off the whole first movie because I was like... So because he has the, that voice, you can hear it. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I kept thinking like it puts the lotion on its skin, or else it doesn't get to race again. And I was like, <laughs> yuck! And I kept waiting for him to be a bad guy, and then he was just like a very stand-up normal guy. And you I have was to like, wax it on and wax it off. Oh my God, I was just like, this is distracting. <laughs> it it, uh, it is. But okay, so but him, yes, yes, absolutely. Buffalo Bill says to Brian, he was like, "There's lots of different families, Brian. You have to choose." Mm-hmm. And so he was like, fuck it, I choose Dom, which yeah. speaks a lot to who Dom is as a person that he fl- he flattered three different cops out of their duties. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's real nice looking. But also, <laughs> no, he's like a classic, um, I wrote he's like a classic Sunday, which is that like tough, hard ass on the outside, but he melts like yes. when there's anything to do with the family, like when Mia becomes pregnant, uh-huh. you can see like his eyes tearing up. He's like, oh, and he just like hugs them to them. They're in like a sewer in Brazil, and he just hugs them like, come, the come, family's come, getting come, 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 my little precious babies. Oh my god, I love you so much. And like he's and like when the rest of the team starts coupling up, like when um, Han and Giselle become a couple, and he starts like recognizing that because they don't really make a big deal out of it they're mm-hmm. just like oh we're into it we're doing our own thing but like they'll be hugging or something when the group's in a thing and he'll just look over at them and just be like oh and i'm like oh dom you're so cute so like even off camera like you can picture that there are times when he's just like so captivating that other people are like you're the kind of person i want to spend time with like yeah. i want to be near you all the time yeah and then just the last is you have a toxic family which is Owen Shaw's team, where he's just like, oh, a team is just a piece of moving parts, and if Mm -hmm. somebody's, if a piece isn't performing, you get rid of it and you replace it. And so that shows how quickly that family can fall apart, whereas, you know, the Fast and the Furious team is such a good, loving, warm family. Yeah, well, and that's what I wrote, because, like, they were the bizarro, like, family, right? Because they were, like, the opposite. I wrote, like... They're, like, the precision team versus the family team, mm-hmm. right? And precision is good for a long time, but if you guys don't care about each other... Or know then... each other intimately enough to know how to react if, like, the plan mm-hmm. goes off, Yeah, right? Yeah, even at one point, Brian says, like, they're like, what are we going to do now? Like, our plan got fucked up, and Brian's like, we're going to improvise. That's what we do. We mm-hmm. just improvise. Oh, so I knew that even if you thought this was a ridiculous franchise, that you would be into the whole found family. I love a found family. I just love it. And yeah, I just love this ragtag, ride or die, insanely intense family that Mm -hmm. they have. And that this is also me reading way too much into it, but you have just like these people that they've collected through their lives as they like tumble around, right? Because some people come and go, Jesse dies, they never, uh, Vince just disappears after the thing, but then he comes back and then Vince (sighs) dies and it's this whole... I don't like Vince at all. I love Vince's growth. I have... That's fine. I have feelings about, but Vince is very much a fragile That was one of the things I wrote. I was like, I know Vince is a childhood friend and he did end up sacrificing himself to save everyone. But I hated him. He was and, dead weight. Yeah, and that also speaks to just how determined Dom is to try and keep a family yeah. together because he 
he was the one that was always like, Vince, you need to cool down. Just go walk away. Everyone else is upset with you, mm-hmm. but you're my brother, so I'm just gonna, I have to love you. Yeah. It's not just like, ah, oh, that guy's being an asshole. He's off the team. He literally had to die. Otherwise, yeah. he wasn't gonna be the that only. Team redeemable quality about Vince was his fashion sense. Oh, yes. I love a mesh tank top. A mesh tank top over a camo tank top. I was like, holy shit. We are in the 2000s. That is 100% sure. I could speak for an hour just about the 2000s feels of that. And it's so funny. I was thinking back because Again, how the heist escalated. The first heist was, oh man, we're going to steal some DVDs. Yeah. And I could only watch this movie on VHS because we didn't have a DVD player. So at the time I was like, ooh, yeah, that's well, big, and big stuff. I think in the first one too, they're designing the, um, oh, they're designing Brian's car, like mm-hmm. his 10 second car. Oh my God. Yes. And they have to use a floppy disk yes, to like so get good. the schematics. And I was like, wow, we're in it. And We're then, in 2000. And then, like, the impressive technology that Jesse's using to show him, like, how we can put your engine in or whatever. It's, like, the most pixelated 8-bit car just, like, yeah. rotating around. It's so good. Yeah. But even, this is just something cute that I noticed on my last rewatch. They, okay, so I titled, I broke everything up into categories for us, right? And you are much more detailed than me. This is just because I had a lot of feelings and otherwise I'm, it would be a mess. I'm here for your feelings. Okay. I'm just trying to jump in. Okay. Yeah, interrupt me at any time because we know how I can go off. But this category, as I was talking about the found family, is called food, family, friendship. That's cute. Because they're also so, food is so important to them. Mm-hmm. And a family meal is so important Every to them. Every movie has a family meal in it. Yes. I think. It, and they're usually at the end, like after all the drama. Mm-hmm. But they also just like, I think before the heist they had like, one like in five or whatever they had a big family yeah and he meal. gave them like an inspirational speech and a toast mm-hmm. and yeah they all had their big family meal everyone gets together and somebody's barbecuing something yeah and then they all sit around and if you go to grab the food first up you got to say grace like they have these family traditions and even the table that they sit at it's not like a picnic table it's literally car rims mm-hmm. and a table like a boards on top of it so like even their like family dining table is just anything that they can find and scrap together yeah and i just think it's so cute and so symbolic notice that that's so cute (sighs) yeah i'm telling you this franchise is a slow burning process yeah (laughs) it's so cute (laughs) so i want to hear your perspective because i've gushed over these relationships or and these adventures that they've had but what parts of the family and the friendships were your favorite? Like, who are your favorite well, relationships? I really liked, so I really liked Mia and Brian. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised about that because Mia, um, what's her name? Um, Jordana, Jordana Brewster. She played Jill on Chuck. And I oh. fucking hated her guts in Chuck because she was like the bad guy. Oh, okay. And so I knew she was in the franchise and I was like, I'm going to put aside my hatred of this actress to watch it. And she like made me fall in love with her. I love Mia. I think she's such a supportive like part of the group. Not yes. even like as a sister or a wife or whatever. Like she's not a prop the way that women usually are in the in like action movies. She's a part of the team and she like, even when she was pregnant, she's like, watching cameras and stuff she's like Mm -hmm. the hub that everyone comes back to and so i really like that like she's not just a piece like to be used she's part of the team and she's the one who brought brian in like Mm -hmm. brian wouldn't have shown up if she weren't there 
And so I really like their relationship, but then that brings me to, like, Brian and Don's relationship, which I really, really like. Mm -hmm. And I knew going into it that um, Paul Walker died during the filming. Mm -hmm. And so I was really curious to see, like, how that was going to be brought up. And I had no context for, like, what movie it was going to be in or anything. So the whole time I'm just, like, I was just, like, falling in love with Brian. And And I had known... Like, Brian is a character from watching Too Fast, Too Furious, like, a hundred million times, because he's the only original person in the yes. group there. And, like, I love him and Roman together. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, like, Brian kind of, like, was a metaphor for me, like, coming into this group and, like, not knowing what the hell's going on ever, but just, like, loving being in this space with everybody. And then I really, really liked the tribute that they made to him, right? Yeah. Because at first I was really scared that they were going to, like, use it as shock value to like kill him yeah like mm-hmm. kill him in the story so that like and the first time i watched it too that's the way that it made it seem like it was going because they kept hinting at all these things like oh it's going to be so much more tragic because mia's pregnant again and mm-hmm. oh we'll just do one last ride and like when you say things like that it's like ooh, are you gonna kill him off you... yeah yeah but yeah, and then and then they came up a couple more times. They're like, "Oh, we should call it Brian." It's like, "No, he and me are out, and like they have kids, and like we're not gonna bother them with this." Yeah. And, and I I thought that was really a loving tribute, right? And I really liked just watching him like driving off into the sunset and everything. That was so beautiful, and so I really liked that dynamic. And like you say. Dom had that effect on so many other, like, outsiders, and so people just kept coming into this family. I really liked that, too. Like, it never felt stale, and it never... And and the new people kind of just fit in seamlessly. Like, Mm -hmm. even Hobbs, right, who was trying to capture the team, by the next movie, he's, like, besties with everybody and, like, Mm -hmm. trust them implicitly with his life. And even Shaw, who came to kill everybody in that group especially Dom, now is like, Dom, don't you worry about it. I'm going to go get your baby. It's totally chill. We're chill as hell, and I'm here for you to support you in whatever you need. And, like, I'm going to be grumpy about it because that's also, like, such a trope of mm-hmm. any team movies. You have to have some kind of, like, grumpy, begrudging yeah. person. But I really liked that aspect. Like, new people kept coming in, and they just fit in seamlessly, and they're like, well, guess I'm coming to dinner this week because I'm here for this. Yeah. I really liked that a lot. And so that fits seamlessly into my transition of one of the themes, I think, that I appreciate, or at least what makes it a guilty pleasure for me, is just guys being dudes. Yeah. Because, There's a lot of guys being dudes. Because all of all of the women fit so well into here, but they also play this role where they kind of just, like, roll their eyes at just, like, clearly these men love each other so much more than they, in a different way than they could ever love us. And it's, like, the um, Dom and Brian, because you have that, like, that tension for so long, and Brian's working so hard to gain his trust because mm-hmm. that's what his mission is, but then he genuinely falls in love with him and doesn't want him to, like, do anything bad. And one of my favorite things they do is that, okay, we're going to go driving or we're driving together, and they lovingly gaze at each other through the mm. windows and are just like, <laughs> it's so cute, it melts me. Or, like, when, because they're always trying, Brian's always trying to prove that he's a better racer, yes. right? And there's always that, like, that's a guys being dudes thing, yes. too, the the imports versus muscle mm-hmm. thing, because they're always fighting about it, like, oh, look at your little, like, cute little cotton candy rim car, like, oh, it's so cute. Look at my, like, big American muscle. And so... 
Yeah, Brian's constantly, for the first, like, four movies, he's constantly fighting Dom Mm -hmm. and racing him. And when he finds out that Brian and Mia are pregnant, he lets him win. And Mm -hmm. Brian is, like, so excited. He's like, I beat Dom. I I beat Dom. Like, he's like, I beat my older brother. I'm so excited. And everyone's like, you didn't fucking beat shit. He He let let you win, obviously. And they're like, he's like, no. No, I won, though, right? And even Mia's like, <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely, not. you did not. And Dom just has this little like self-satisfied smirk, like, "Oh yeah, you totally beat me, definitely." Whatever you say. Yeah, that undenying like brotherly love, where it's like, "I'm gonna do things for you just to know that I'm doing something good for you." Like how after they uh, completed the heist in five, and Vince had died, Dom sent all of his money that he got, or at least Mm -hmm. a duffel bag full, which is enough for me. I've never seen a duffel bag full of money. He sends it to Vince's widow and his son Nico just to be like, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Or, you know, letting uh, Brian win the race just to be like, okay, well, I'm going to let you have this. And then I thought it was so cute, like, Brian and Roman's relationship because they were childhood friends. Mm -hmm. And I love that in two when they go to see Roman racing to like fight yeah when because you think it's going to be like one of those big meaty men fights and then they're just rolling around on the ground and like slapping each other like they are eight years old again yeah that's so good that is so good that's such Roman is such comic relief he's he's one of my favorite characters just because he's always like he's that typical like peacocking guy and Mm -hmm. then they always have to like give him some bullshit excuse of a task to do like yeah roman you do this this is really important he's like is it and they're like yeah definitely (laughs) we're all gonna go over here though and like you just do this like here's a paper clip and like you have to protect this with your life (laughs) figure it out (laughs) and he's like hey but he's like so funny and i love his and brian's relationship and him and um, Tesh's relationship, too. They're, yes. And I really like the representation in, in the franchise. That was another thing that really drew me. Like, there are a lot of Hispanic and yeah. Asian and black characters. And the fact that Roman and Tesh are both black, but, like, totally different, like, personalities mm-hmm. really, really makes me laugh. Because Tesh can be like, Roman, you are, like, too much. And... What I love about their relationship, I called it a pissing contest, but not because they're like, oh, I, it's not the, I'm faster than you or mm-hmm. I'm a better hacker than you, because they know they have their different set of skills, but they're in a pissing contest over who's better friends with Brian. Mm-hmm. Like, who does Brian love more? And I think that's so sweet because they were both long-term friends of his that only met as adults. And so for them, Roman's always just kind of like, no, but Brian's my boy. And Tesh is like, wow, we've been rolling together a really long time. And he's like, no, but he's my friend. So this rivalry comes out of them just being like, no, Brian loves me more. No, he loves me more. And I think it's just so When in reality, they're best friends. Yes. Like you two are best friends. (laughs) Brian replaced both of you (laughs) with Dom a long time ago. But like you can pretend that both of you are important to him. But I also just really like their pissing contest of, of Roman trying to like peacock and he's like look I got this car and it's one of only four cars in this continent it's the only car on this hemisphere hemisphere. and then like Tesh just rolls up he's like oh yeah I have two hot chicks in the same car so I guess you don't have the only car in the hemisphere and Roman's like Come on, like, geez, ah, oh, I just wanted to be cool for like five seconds, and you couldn't even let me in. Tess is just like, yeah, no, you're not cool. I love their constant dunking on him. Yes. Like, poor Roman, he's always like, I'm so cool, and everyone's like, 
No, sh- 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 no, you're not. you're not. You're not cool at all. <laughs> and I think that's so funny because he's been running heist since he was like a kid or like he's this tough boy from the streets. But when it's the time to back out of an airplane and air jump your car onto a highway, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> so they, Tej had to install the like, don't worry, I figured this would happen. And then he has like the release button that makes him go off. And it's... then it happened in another one of the episodes or the, another one of the movies too. It was like, oh, the wrecking ball thing. Mm. Like we... How, well, are gonna, eight. <laughs> how are we going to get rid of all these people? And it's like, don't worry about it. And this wrecking ball comes and they Tej. pushed his car, like, get out of the way. And he's like, what's happening? <laughs> it's so good. I just, I love yeah. it so much. Also, just like the Corona beer oh, cheesiness God. nonsense. Like, you can have any beer as long as it's a Corona. And then, like, Mr. Nobody meets Dom in that like bunker and he's like oh i have this like personal keg of he's like, like you should try this like Berlin american lager or whatever and he's like mm, no thanks he doesn't even drink it and say like oh i prefer a corona he like looks at it and he's like i prefer a corona yeah. and he like opens up a, like a six pack and a cooler and he's like here i knew you would say yeah. this you he fucking had, like, garbage monster he had two coronas and a bucket of ice and was like yep all right fine it's <laughs> Um, yeah, and another kind of category that I was trying to put these boys in boxes in is you have this, like, boys to men transformation for mm-hmm. a lot of them. Because um, even though you hate Vince, like, Vince is drastically different from one to five. Yeah. And he still has that, like, oh, I can't believe you brought the buster here. I told you he was a cop. But, like, I just thought it was such a fun surprise to show up in Brazil and then Vince is like, okay. You're still my family. Get in here. And they, like, get over it. And then, like, mm-hmm. Mia gets to commiserate with his wife about, like, she's like, oh, I can tell you're pregnant, girl. How mm-hmm. long did you tell him yet? I don't know. I loved watching him just grow into somebody who's way more accepting because there's a lot of things that did not age well that Vince said in oh, yeah. one. Yeah. So, and our lovable oafs, which my two lovable oafs that I would like to talk to, talk about is Deckard Shaw, because he's not, like, a dopey oaf, but he's that, oh, I'm so rough around the edges, nobody can ever get close to me, but then he is such a sucker for his mom, mm-hmm. his sister, mm-hmm. his found family now. Like, that baby, him talking to that baby is just, like... that. So that is classic Jason Statham to me. Like, when he showed up, when Shaw showed up, First of all, I was really upset in six when it, the Shaw that I knew his character's name was Shaw was Wasn't not him. Jason Statham. I was like, fuck this. Like, I wrote at the top of my notes when the credits were rolling, I was like, finally, Jason Statham, my love. And then it was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then he showed up at the very end and I was like, thank God. Okay, I thought I was having a fever dream. But yeah. I love that brand of his action character style where it is like, a very, like, stoic, tough guy who mm-hmm. has a heart of gold. Like, that's how all the Transporter movies are. And mm-hmm. that's why I think he was such a great shift for this franchise. Because he is, he's, like, evil Transporter. And mm-hmm. the first time he shows up, I called him, like, an evil petty Terminator. Where he just keeps yes. showing up. And he's like, um, I know that you guys are literally in the middle of, like, an international, like, heist in another country. But, like... Pay attention to me. I am still hate. I still hate you, and I'm still trying to kill you, Dom. So like, please look at me. Yeah. And like, we're doing this now. And yeah. they're like, Jesus Christ! Like, 
you're busy. <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to be important now. And so, yeah, I do. I love, and I could watch him beat the shit out of people holding a baby all day, all every day. day. I rewatch that scene every once in a while I just when I need it. love it. I yeah. was like, mm, oh, I need this. I need this With in a my little life. Elvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, my oh, God. I love it. And then I just need to talk about Dom because, <laughs> like I said, I got into this franchise because I was horny for Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm horny for... Yeah, you shifted. I Yeah, I took a hard, hard shift into Dominic Toretto territory. But, like, he, for somebody who has been pulling heists since he was 16, or, like, they talk about, oh, yeah, we used to run the streets and rob this and do that and blah, blah, blah. He is very much an eat-the-rich mentality kind of person. Which is very much on brand for you. Exactly. And, yeah, so he he's doing all of these, like, he's literally robbing just to either feed his family, or he's like, ugh, this guy... Um, yeah, I'll do anything to take down this guy, and then I will give away the money that I get from this guy mm-hmm. to the people that need it. Mm-hmm. And that's just the most lovable thing I've Such ever. Such a Robin Hood. He yeah. is, yeah. He is a total Robin Hood. Well, and he is very much a, like, fuck you. You don't get to do that to me or my family. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, they're all like, can we please just, like, let him be? He's too powerful, and, like, we're safe now, and he's not going to bother us again. He's like, no, fuck him. We're fighting him. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. They're like, oh, boy, okay. Yep, we're fighting him. That's fine. And the relationship that he has with Letty specifically, like, the love that he has for her is so intense and, mm-hmm. like, unwavering. Like, he had that thing with Elena, but him and Elena got together because they were both grieving the loves of their life. Mm-hmm. Her husband died. Letty had just died, and they were very open about that. And so he was trying to comfort this woman in a way that he wanted to be comforted or knew how to comfort somebody. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that is such a refreshing way to portray somebody who's in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like usually it's they go off the handle or they never, they're celibate now, like I'll never look at another woman again. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just such a caring person that, of course, the one person that he does get with is somebody in his same position yeah. that he just wants to take care of. And um, I'll get to my rankings later, but I used to put six and seven really far down in my rankings. I, like, hardly ever watched them. But his treatment of Letty as she's trying to get her memory back is so patient and Mm -hmm. caring. And it's, like, not – he's never frustrated with her. Mm -hmm. He's just such a cool customer. Like, they go to that race together and she finally pulls off and she's like, what do you think you're doing? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And he starts doing that thing like, I know where you got this scar and I know mm-hmm. where you got this scar. And he's just like completely winning her over again. I love that. Yeah, she never got her memory back. He just literally could woo her again. Mm-hmm. And then I have so many of their quotes written down. Like in seven, he's like, Ooh, we're going to go to race wars. And she's like, Oh, did we used to do this? And he was like, Oh, honey, we invented this. Yeah, race wars. that was cute. But then she gets like really overwhelmed and she's like, Dom, I don't know what's going on. I don't remember anything. I don't have anything. And he's like, Letty, you have me. And she was like, No, you don't understand. I need to go and I need to find myself. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, trying to keep her there, he's like, Okay. And like, gives her her space and is like, She'll come back. And then uh, you find out that they got married. And she's like, why did you never tell me this? And he was like, because you can't tell somebody that they love you. Yeah. And oh, oh, it hit me hard. See, and I 
was less into Letty. Really? I didn't like I I liked her and like I think she she's the typical like tough tough girl mm-hmm. like kind of thing, but she's the tough chick like tough and mask and like I thought it was really interesting that Dom and Letty already had like a very solid relationship established mm-hmm. at the, like within the first 5 minutes of the entire first mm-hmm. movie. And like, cause you know, that's another huge trope about these movies is they're always just like very gratuitous montages of women in bikinis. Yeah. And, and well, I mean, that was kind of how all of the first straight race races are like mm-hmm. Letty and Suki. There was like two women racers and then mm-hmm. everyone else is like grabbing Ja Rule's hand and being like, yo, if you win, you can have, you can have these tits and also yeah. my friend too. Yeah. Like, and so, yeah, they have those tropes of just women are there to be the trophies and yeah. they're after you win. And that's and like Michelle Rodriguez plays those roles a lot, where mm-hmm. she's like the toughest nails, like in the Resident Evil movies. I yeah. think she's in it, and she's she does that too. And so for me, Giselle was a much more interesting, tough girl mm-hmm. like dynamic because she is badass, right? And but she's equally comfortable with the women and the men. Where I don't see Letty like interacting with the women as much. She's like that's very true. much she a doesn't. boys girl, like. She's only comfortable talking cars and, like, guns and hanging out with the dudes. And, like, her and Mia almost never interact Mm one-on-one. And, like, even though she's very affectionate towards Mia, it's really only because she's, like, Dom's sister. She doesn't really have anything in common with her. Yeah. Whereas Giselle, like, can, like, be one of the guys being dudes, like, talking about cars and her favorite guns and blah, blah, blah. But she's also, like, hyper-feminine, which is very interesting because that doesn't generally happen. Like, you have a femme fatale who's, like, super hot but, like, usually, like, poisons people or, like, seduces people, whereas Giselle's just like, no, I'm fucking hot. I can shoot a gun and I will outrace all y'all boys and, like, then go get, like, petties with Mia and we'll, like, be totally fine. And so I thought that was a much more interesting dynamic to see – a strong woman who wasn't, like, ha- having to be a man to be strong. Right. Because that's also kind of a cop-out. It is. For all these action movies where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm tough. I only wear black. I like, even, like, Michelle Rodriguez is a very, like, masculine-looking woman, mm-hmm. which is fine. But but what I liked about how they pro- portrayed her is they did give, they let her get dirty. There's that mm-hmm. scene in one where she's working on a car and she's just covered in grime and dirt and sweat and she looks disgusting. Yeah. And then in walks Dom, like freshly baby powdered, not a drop of sweat on this man. And she's just like, yo, we fucking doing this. And then she just like, they just start dry humping and that was like the hottest thing I remember. <laughs> but well, like, I like that they show her in ways where she's not always dolled up because they get into these race sequences and her hair is like tousled and falling mm-hmm. out and doing all these things. But somebody like Giselle, she always looks perfectly polished. Like oh, she yeah. may have like a piece of hair that falls out, but they kept Letty's character as very much a like real people have mm-hmm. these real real people sweat when her car rolls over she comes out and she's just dripping in blood and you know mm-hmm. but i don't feel like all of the other women that they introduced along the way they gave the same treatment yeah i would agree i would definitely agree with that and like also letty can fucking take a punch that girl can fight she her was, and ronda rousey she was beating the shit out of russian like russian soldiers yeah. in that one in like what was it eight, eight? yeah yeah I was like, wow, she's really going toe-to-toe with this giant dude. And he's like, 
and she's like elbowing him in the nose and he's like oh fuck and i'm like yeah dude like don't sleep on her she's gonna beat the shit out of you yeah her fight sequences are just a one all the time and they've been talking about doing an all-female fast and the furious movie Mm -hmm. which i would be so you know people are gonna get so butthurt about of course they are but like and that's the thing about the women in these movies too there's that scene in i think it's four uh when they're in london and they're all down in the tube and the guys are having a fight and the women are having Mm -hmm. a fight and the women just kick so much ass. And, like, yeah, the bad guy gets away and gets on the subway and takes off. But it, I think it's Roman and Tej. And they look at each other and, like, we're not going to tell anyone what happened down here. It was Brian. Oh, it was Brian and Yeah, Brian, Brian and, and Roman. Roman both are trying to beat the shit out of one guy. And they can't do it. They just get whipped. And then, yeah, and then Letty is fighting. That was Ronda Rousey? No, no, no. Ronda Rousey was in Seven. Oh, okay. When they were in that tower. Oh, okay. Letty has the FBI girl yeah. who, like, ended up betraying them yes yeah the woman. and they had like a knockdown drag out mm-hmm. and they're like throwing each other downstairs and meanwhile roman and brian are fighting in an open enclosed like open space mm-hmm. against one dude and they're like man this is really hard and she's like i just fell down three flights of stairs like get it together yeah you had one person to hang out like to deal with yeah it's it's so good the way that they treat the women in this and like are kind of bringing the men down a peg at some points. They're mm-hmm. not afraid. Like, nobody in this team is flawless, apparently, except Dom, because he can do both. Like, he'll just <laughs> kick all the ass and then also look flawless when he's out of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Can we pause and refresh? That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, I would love a pause and refresh. Okay, let's go get some Coronas. Well, I've got lime. That's for sure. <laughs> do. Okay. Don't send a man to do a woman's job, Sarah. Let's talk about these badass women somewhere. Okay, I am ready to talk about them. Because that was one of my favorite things about Giselle is, like, when she went with Han to try and get close to this, like, Mexican cartel. And they're oh, like, oh, yeah. he's got all of the, like, bodyguards and there's no way past it. We, we should do some more recon and then we can come back. And she was like, or we could just do it now. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what do you mean? And she was like, ugh, men. And then she just walks over there and she was like, yeah, of course. This guy's gross. He's going to grab my butt and I'll get fingerprints on my butt. Also, that was a crazy <laughs> thing that, that she was like, oh, here's my bikini bottom. Yeah. Get the fingerprints. And Ludacris or Tesh, I just keep calling him Luda because I love Ludacris so much. He just like, didn't he take it and just like put it up against the scanner and he's like, it works. And I'm like, you're not even going to pretend to like put it in the computer and like do some fancy thing. You just held up this purple bikini bottom and he's like, yep, works. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Well, that's that superhero technology. Yeah. Like, oh, they always have like retina scanners Mm -hmm. or... In that one um, movie, Giselle just pulls out, like, an iPad and is like, this is our thumbprint scanner. Put your thumbprint on here. Like, of course this is how yeah. it works. So, yeah, same thing. Here's my bikini bottoms. Oh, all of the prints are perfect. Mm-hmm. It's fine. No, I really like Giselle a lot. I thought she was so cool. And I just loved, again, like, how effortless the relationships are in this mm-hmm. in this movie franchise. It's not like, like, will they or won't they? Or, like, we... We're having such drama. It's just like, hey, you're cool. I'm cool. You're hot. I'm hot. You race cars. I race cars. Like, 
do you want to do this thing? And she's like, yeah, sure, totally. And it's like, it's so casual and just yeah. effortless. It's not, it doesn't have to be, it's not the main focus of the, the movies. Mm-hmm. It's not like I have to win her over or like she's like aloof because she's hot and like in a tough industry. She's just like, no, I'm into you. Let's be together. And well, that's that like whole aura that this team gives off that we were talking about earlier where she was part of the bad guys team. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a toxic family going on and she sees how well these guys work together and how well they treat each other. And she was like, yeah, no, forget it. I'm leaving these fools and I want to be with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's just great. And then, you know, we need to talk about Ramsey because she's only in... She's in... Two of the movies, the last two. Yeah, she's been in seven and eight. But again, she's one of those girls that is just like a badass fighter, a badass hacker. She's she relates really well to everyone in the team. Mm-hmm. And she was another she was kind of like a lost boy when they found her. Like I was very surprised at how eager she was to be like trusting. Of well, them. and I think she, like the hacker trope is always like they're always like like even in the in the movie they were like oh, we were picturing, like, some pasty, like, Mm -hmm. white guy in a beanie or whatever, but you're, like, not that at all. But that is kind of a a hacker trope is, like, (laughs) they're loners, they don't know how to, like, relate with people because all they're doing is, like, backdoor Mm -hmm. hacking into things. And so, like, they have to be, like, constantly on the move because they're always being tracked. And so I think that would be attractive to somebody like that to be like, oh, here's this, like, super tough family that can keep, tra- like, keep me protected. So I'll hang out with them for a while. And also, like, they just love each other. And it's just like everyone else who comes into the group. We're like, oh, yeah, I'm here for this. This mm-hmm. is great. I love this. Yeah. I don't have too much to say about Elena. I really liked her vibe. Um, Like, ultimately, like we were saying, she was treated as kind of like a pawn yeah. and a love interest, especially in eight. I was very surprised that she was the one who had Dom's baby. And I get like they needed the baby because that was a more compelling it's the hostage. Family is the only way you're going to get Dom. Yeah. And like they couldn't do it with any anybody else. Yeah. And they couldn't bring in Mia and Brian because like they didn't want right. to hit that nail. But I just thought that was such a weird throw off. And then I did like that she wasn't just eye candy, though. Like, she contributed and, like, she stayed on Hobbs's team. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was her own force. And she could be trusted to protect Mia when Mia was pregnant or, like, when she was with the baby. And even when she wasn't with the team, like, she was a integral part of the team. But then I really hated that she just, like, stepped aside when Letty came back. Like, yes. make Dom figure his shit out. That was the one flaw I thought that they had for Dom is that, like, he was so paralyzed with, like, making any kind of decision like that. And he was never going to tell Elena to, like, not be in the group or, like, mm-hmm. dump her. He would never dump anybody no. out of the group. But then that also put her in the awkward position of having to dump herself where she's like, oh, you're clearly in love with this woman who, by the way, doesn't even have those feelings for you. But you're so desperate to get back with that with her that like it's like you've totally ignored yeah. me in in total. And so she's like, I guess I'll just walk away. And he's like confused, he's like, what? Why are you going? And she's he's like, like, you can stay if you know. And she was like, no, you have your family. I have mine. I'm a police officer. I'm gonna go back to Brazil. Like, yeah. And I just thought that was so that was so selfish of Dom to make her do that work of mm-hmm. of leaving and then acting like, why is she doing this? Like. Come on, you're not that stupid. You can't 
pretend like you don't know what's going on. But, like, there were a lot of strong women in here. Like, um, I really loved Eva Mendez in the second one. And she's also kind of a pawn character. She is, especially just the way that Verona treated her. Because it was... She's undercover. Right. And he's, like, so much about control. And he, like, she has to play that part. Mm -hmm. But at the end, like... She's a hostage, which is also not great for female representation. Right. But she also is the one who arrests him, like, because mm-hmm. she's an FDA agent. But then there are other, like, really great female characters. Like, Shirley's Theron. Cypher is terrifying. I do not get, I, like, I totally get Shirley's Theron and, like, Cypher and that whole thing. She is so scary as a person. I can't yes. imagine meeting, like, Shirley's Theron in a dark alley, like, anywhere. I would run the other way because she is the most unsettling, scary like actress just, I've ever seen. Yeah, even just when she's introduced in eight, when she's like, "Oh, my Jeep isn't starting" or whatever, I would have run away. To, her, she pulls down her sunglasses and it's like, "Whoa, you are on another level." Talk about crazy eyes. She's yeah. got the craziest of eyes, and she—it's like she didn't blink that entire movie. She's nuts. Oof. Yeah, no, she scares the shit out of me. She and, was, she's a tough-ass bad guy, and I'm glad that they... This is the first female bad guy that they mm-hmm. had in the movie. And she was also the most dangerous. She had, like, no... Uh, just the recklessness of everything. She's like, I'm just gonna dump 200 no cars on compass. the street. Yeah, no moral compass. That was insane. That that whole thing. The, like... Let's, yeah, get the cars flying out of the windows yeah, under the street. That was so, so crazy. And, yeah, she was just scary as shit. And I'm gonna take this nuclear sub and just, like, drive it as hard she as I She was can. the most Bond villain of any of yes, the any of the bad guys. And so I don't know how they're gonna top Charlize Theron as a Bond villain because, like... She's a lunatic, and she might as well have had a fluffy white cat that she was just petting the whole time, because that's how sinister she was constantly. Which she was, probably killed it, because she doesn't care for anything. Well, maybe her hipster crew was her fluffy white cat, because yes. they were the most hipster I've ever seen. Like, like cool Asian hacker guys with, like, spiky hair. And and dreads guy. Tormund Giantsbane shows up. He's the redheaded guy. Oh, okay. That was, he was from Game of Thrones. He's, like, oh, this okay. Viking like actor That's dreads to me yeah. yes but I, he showed up and I was like damn Tormund you're my favorite but then he was bad guy and I was like oh, okay you're less cool as a bad guy but he was so cool <laughs> yeah and her bad guys weren't that good at being bad guys they were mostly just kind of oh like, they were just like fodder like exactly cannon fodder here you go do this oh wait you died whatever and you, you go do like, this that was the scary thing about her is that, yeah, usually you have henchmen to do all of your dirty work for you and you're just there kind of dictating what happens. But she's the one that killed Elena. She was like, hmm, Dom, I thought we had an agreement. Now I'm going to murder your, like, yeah, no, baby she mama was right in cold front of you. cold as ice. Ooh, yeah, terrifying. She was a big pull. She was very good. But I also am scared to death of her all the time. <laughs> all the time. Well, you, keep, you keep looking no, over your did, shoulder. No, <laughs> I know. <laughs> she outside? <laughs> no. She hear me. Do you remember, um, did you ever see Monster? Yes. And she's the, like, serial killer lesbian. And that was, like, I think the first movie I ever saw her in. So and now that's just ingrained. I know, it is ingrained. Now, every time I see her, I'm like, when are you going to start fucking murdering everybody? Oh, wait, oh, now. Oh, have already done it. You're, because she, she's a bad guy in most of the things she is. Yeah. And, and she, if she is, like, trying to play some sort of comedic relief, it's always like, What's your angle? What well, are you that's, doing? that's the thing with these actors is like they get so tainted, like, mm-hmm. and you're like, mm, I don't know, I can't really believe this of you. That was one of the tropes that I wrote in, because um, we were talking about like 
tricks and stunts and tropes. Yeah, it's let's like, start talking about that. It's I've like got... all these sleazy federal agent guys who seem bad, but then end up being like chill as hell. Like I thought yeah. Buffalo Bill was gonna like serial murder everybody, yeah. and he's just like, oh. Oh, you're fine. It's the same thing with Mr. Nobody. I didn't trust him at first. I was like, you're working for some other higher power. Because he's Kurt Russell. He's yes. like a slimy little rattlesnake man. I was like, when is he <laughs> When is he going to twist everybody or like like throw them into the feds or like put him in yeah. jail? But then he did put him in jail just to see him get out of it. That was the stupidest. I that love prison a prison fun. break. Yeah, that oh was so funny, the prison break. Because that was also one of those, like, pissing contest, guys being dudes moments. Oh, the Rock and Shaw, like, Hobbs and Shaw are the ultimate guys being dudes. I love it. It's mm-hmm. just, anytime, like, I think that's why I enjoy Hobbs and Shaw so much, and I will include that in my franchise rewatch, mm-hmm. where I will exclude Tokyo Drift. It's just because they are just so much fun to yeah. watch together, and their whole, they're dynamic, and they're just testosterone-fueled rages. And that prison break scene is just so choreographed and action-packed and silly. It's funny. It has everything. That's what I needed, though, because, like, with all the racing and stuff, Jason Statham doesn't get to do a lot of, like, his martial arts stuff. And so, yeah, when the prison break happened, I was like, yes, show me how you, like twist this guy's arm and use it to smack another guy in the face and then like do a cartwheel over his back to kick three more dudes in the face i am here for it and meanwhile the rock just like takes five guys and just like throws them through a brick wall and he's like ah, i'm fine which is another trope that they used in hobbs and shaw when they're doing the like the parallel movement through the two things Mm. and so shaw has to like martial arts his way through this and then he gets the guy and he's just kind of like trying to press his face yeah that was so cute meanwhile then the rock is there yawning like okay i'm already done yeah shoot you just reminded me no one of the other cool things i really liked was um the literal burning rubber, I think it was in 8, where he's... Oh, yeah, when they all have them, like, stuck with the grappling hooks. Also, there's yes. so many grappling hooks in I this know. series. I don't know why. They're Everybody always grappling everything. But, yeah, so they all have him trapped with grappling hooks. And he literally, he starts turning his wheels and his cool muscle car literally burns rubber. And they showed, like, this cinemagraphic shot of, like, the tire bursting into flames as he drove away and I was like oh my god that was the coolest shit I've ever seen which is also one of my arguments for why Dom is a superhero because you had five of everybody else and they all have a grappling hook in them and they're all using their cars to get away and he can still outsmart them yeah he's still just like oh well I know Roman well enough to just like oh I'll just back up and then he gets him like flipped over he does a full like front end flipped and he's just like oh man come on (laughs) but yeah this man knows cars so intimately that he's just like, oh, you fools. Yeah, I I've, got this. You think Watch you me. Trapped? Yeah, Ugh, I got this. It's so good. Well, and then that's another, so another one of their trick tropes that um you got you guys make fun of me all the time is the car under the semi, yes. right? And That's one of my favorites. such a staple. It's like, it's be- in every movie. Like, they just give it a little nod every time. Yeah, well, and it becomes so ingrained, like, such a joke that I think at one point Brian or somebody's like, we're taking it old school or whatever. Yes. And, and goes under a truck and it's just like, oh yeah, this is what we do. This is just how we do things. it happened in the first like 30 seconds of Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. 1. And so then, yeah, after that, they're like, keep nodding to it. And then... It even came up in Hobbs and Shaw. They were trying to get away from... Shaw went under that. Idris Elba. That's another huge oh, pull for this franchise, yes. too. Yeah, they were trying to get away from him. And he went through two semis, I think, that were 
crossing each other. Just and, laid his motorcycle down. And he still got through. And I was like, wow, semi-truck thing doesn't work for everybody. And also, that's another trope is, like, this high traffic area and just being able to, like, slide perfectly through. Like, oh, it's a red light, but just... Everyone else oh, yeah. gets into an accident, but you just whoo, slide mm-hmm. right through. I'm a sucker for that. Yeah. The other, uh, it's sort of a stunt trope, and it's mostly with all of the racing, but I just find it so funny. Like, there's that moment um, after Brian loses to Dom initially, mm-hmm. and he goes back to um, the car place that he's working at on the side. I love that he's undercover, but he's legit working at this man's mm-hmm. place and living in his shop. And he's trying to wash up, and he's like, look, I got Dominic Toretto telling me that I got to fire you. What did you do? What did you do? And he's like, no, I can beat him. I can beat him. And his walls are wallpapered in, like, NAS gear. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden he has this epiphany where he's like, oh, nitrous. Like, it just comes to him, and it's like, yeah, of course your walls are wallpapered with it. But also, everyone else is using nitrous. Everybody. This is a very common thing in this universe. Because then one of those tropes is they're racing, and then somebody hits it too soon, and I called it the money shot because it like oh, shows yeah. the ignition from pressing the button to going through the things and mm-hmm. then it takes you off and then it turns to somebody else and they go too soon and then they hit theirs and then yeah. they win and I, it's just so funny it comes every time oh yeah <laughs> it's a staple staple yeah oh it's so good and then um i this is just me being because i drive a manual but the whole trope of just like if i need to go faster i'm just gonna keep shifting like their gearbox has 20 gears <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, And then one of my other favorite stunts that is right on par with um, going under the semis is being able to drive impossibly fast in reverse. Oh, yeah. And just, like, nonchalant. Like, they just throw their arm over the backrest Uh, and they're like, that's fine. Well, and the other thing that I really loved about, like, the Dom and Brian driving because they're the ones who do most of the crazy stunts Mm -hmm. right and they're usually like in a car together when they do some of the craziest ones like when they jump from building to building to building brian's in the in the passenger seat like they're very much together in their stunts and my favorite part of the first movie was when the cops break up the street race and tom has to jump in brian's car and he's just met brian and brian gets him out of there but he's such a crazy driver that he like Dom grabs the oh shit handle and the dash like a suburban mom teaching her son how to drive. And he's like, what the fuck? Why are you driving so crazy? And just that anybody could make Dominic Toretto grab the oh shit handle is a feat, I think. It's the same thing in one when Brian and Mia start kind of hanging out and she's like, do you want to go for a drive? And she takes off, and he has that same look in his eye, like, what did I sign up for? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but no, I do. They do that a few times. I, Brian does it a lot. Like, in two, he does that, because him and Roman are having their... I love that that race, actually. That's one of my favorites. The race to the impound lot. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Brian flips his car around, and Roman's like, ha-ha, and he's like... He flips him the bird and just starts driving like 150 miles an hour backwards. Like, oh, whatever. Through like four lanes of highway traffic. He didn't even have to do it. He was just doing it to peacock on him. Like, I'm a better driver than you. Watch me do this. And then 
the other stunt that they love to do is the, oh, I'll just, like, stare deeply into your eyes and not, like, break eye contact. So Brian oh, did yeah. that to Ava Mendez. And then they pull up and Roman's like, he did that, didn't he? I taught him how to do that. Fuck him. I know how to do this. Yeah. Well, and two, I thought it had some of the best, like, tricks and stunts. Like, the switcheroo where they yes. have, like, the entire race club show That's up. That's one of my favorite. I love that part. Yeah. I forgot how cool that was. Mm-hmm. And then even their um, ejector seat mm-hmm. thing. I thought Ejecto it was so cool. It was so, so cool. And then, like, Brian's doesn't work. But Roman's, I thought that no, was. No, Brian just didn't pull the trigger because he's like, oh, we're not going to where I thought we were going. But and then so, he tries to do it later, and it doesn't work later. Well, they were parked. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't know what Brian was expecting. Yeah. I was like, you're an idiot. This isn't Austin Powers. Like, yeah. You have to be moving because, yeah, he had to, un like, Roman had to unbuckle the seatbelt, and mm-hmm. then, like, then he was ejected. Yeah. So, like, of course it's not working, you yeah. fool. But, no, I thought, too, had some of the coolest, like, that switcheroo, I love it so that's, much. That's one of my favorite... It's not really a trope, but it because it's one of the elements of a good heist movie mm-hmm. is they give you this montage. You get to see what they're planning, but they don't reveal everything. Yeah. So they always do a little switcheroo. And so at the end, it's like, aha, audience, we have tricked you also. Like the cup was or the ball was under this cup instead. And well, it's so good. And this like Fast and the Furious does that so well in mm-hmm. every movie, like in five, five with the safe with the safe. The garbage truck thing, I thought that was so it's cool so clever. and so smart. And, like, I, that's, that was the part when I saw the garbage truck that I was like, I've seen this before. Mm. I have seen this movie before. And, yeah, I remembered, and I just remember that being so smart and so cool. I loved that. This is just Ocean's Eleven with mm-hmm. cars. Yeah, it is. Because they do. They do a heist every single time, and they have to come up with some crazy stunt. And it didn't really happen in the first movie because that was just direct kind of action but yeah in two it picks up immediately like we have to start outsmarting these people we got to add some other tricks and like the flood of the hundreds of flashy colored cars coming out of there so cool and like i love that it started with like these big trucks come out with their like um roll bars and they're just like and just level all these cops Mm -hmm. that's another trope of this franchise and it goes into our like lawlessness thing is, like, it is so silly to me that in one, these cops can't, like, catch them when these people bring hundreds of cars and people to this, to, like, the city street that they close down with pylons, and they're like, streets closed, pizza boy. And, like, <laughs> there, and there are no repercussions for anything that they do. They no. level city blocks, and nothing ever happens, and Dom almost went to jail once and then immediately got out of it. But, like, this lawlessness is insane. My dad would call them, like, Mr. Wreck Everything. Yes. They literally destroy everything that they touch. And I wrote down at one point, I was like, so, like, do the LAPD just show up, see Dominic Toretto, and they're like, nah, dude. Not my monkey, not my circus. Yeah, I'm just going to get out of here. He's I'm going to peace out. Yeah. Like, this is way above my pay grade. I'm not dealing with this guy right now. Yeah, one of the notes that I took in 7 was when they finally get the car that they were trying to break into and get. And then they're going through, this is half a nitpick, half a what the fuck, but a half of lawlessness. They get the car, but then they realize there's no brakes, there's no brakes. Mm. If you drive a manual, you can engine brake, which just means you shove a gear into a lower gear and your car slows down. And so I was like, (laughs) 
Dominic, you should know that you can engine break in this, but whatever. And so then they jump to the next building, and then it's filled with all of these priceless art. And so he would, ra- so he would rather destroy art than ruin a clutch. Like, because that would be the worst case scenario with that car. Yeah. He would just blow out the transmission. When I saw those statues, I was like, no. Because, like, that's my biggest gripe against action movies. Even though I love them, I cannot handle the, like, anxiety that I get from this just, like, rampant destruction. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, who's going to pay to fix all this shit? Not you guys. Even though you just stole, like, $10 million, you're not going to, like, pay the museum that owns those priceless artifacts Mm -hmm. to fix them. This is bullshit. This is such garbage. And the other thing that, like, really gave me anxiety in 8, along with the destruction, because how many cars did she destroy? Easily 300. To get to to those nuclear codes. That was insane. Also, down with that, like, late, like, mask bulldozer mask thing or no it was like a chainsaw but it was shaped like a wheel instead that was the craziest looking shit i've ever seen but yeah so many cars destroyed and she used like technology to do it and so i was like this is skynet this is why i don't trust the cloud this is bullshit this is why (laughs) i still want paper checks from the government and plus this is why because of this bullshit can't have self-driving cars because she'll get into it oh i will never get into a self-driving car no thank you do you think insurance covers that if god's eye gets into your (laughs) malware or something it was an act of god but but god's (laughs) eye And just, I guess that also leads me into just something that has amazed me about this series is they don't use that much CGI. Like in in five, they bought that train. They bought that like a few mile stretch of train tracks, like defunct train tracks. Really? And it was like a $25 million production. Holy shit. To put that on. Like their commitment to the bit is unparalleled. That's wild. I was excited that there was a train robbery. That was really cool. A train robbery and like a bank heist in the same movie. That was very cool. Yeah. I think that's why Five is like so high up in my rankings for me is that... This is the first movie in the franchise where they just kind of, like, pull out all the stops and they're like, fuck it, we're robbing a train, and then mm-hmm. we're going to drive off of a cliff, and then they just go so hog wild That was it. another thing, though. That goes along with the, like, petty destruction. They stole a car, and then seconds after they stole it, it's sunk in a river. And I was like, god damn. Sarah, it wasn't about the cars. It was about the technology within the cars. I know, but they didn't know that, and they they just sunk a car. They were trying to save their own lives. I know that they were, but also, out of three cars, (laughs) one gets taken by the bad guys, one they they steal, and the other one just goes directly in the trash. And I was like, this is so irresponsible. And it made me so mad. I don't know. I love that you are still just like Miss Rule follower. <laughs> I am. Even I in a universe that doesn't exist. I couldn't be in this group. I would be too ang- anxious all the time. Okay, so so clearly this is one of your nitpicks. So let's get into our unanswered questions and nitpicks that we have mm-hmm. about this whole franchise. My number one was the lawlessness because also it really fucked me up about what cops can just do. It's like, hey, we'll trade you. Like you have, you can have a clean record as long as you like do us a favor. Like the which clean is... record is such a trope yes, too. Like is. I don't, I'm pretty sure that doesn't exist where they're just like, we'll just wipe the slate clean because then they give like this like half-hearted effort to be like, no, we're not gonna do that, or I can't make you that promise. It's like you know you're gonna make that promise. Yeah, you know, and then also. Elena as a cop, in what 
world is it chill for a cop to take evidence from a crime scene and then wear it around her neck? Well, and it's not. It's super not okay. <laughs> it's but super I, bizarre. I thought that was crazy, too. It's like, okay. Well, and even just, like, the way that she and Dom got together felt really forced because, yeah. like... She's never seen him before. She sees him running across the rooftops, and all of a sudden, she's no, like, pretty impressive. She's like, "Holy shit! I know I'm like supposed Listen, to her kill husband's this." Been dead for like a year, so she's thirsty. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to kill this guy on contact, but like, he's hella cute, and also he gave me this necklace, so I'm kind of into it. No, he didn't even give it to her. It I know, fell it off, fell and she off. found it on the ground, and wasn't like, okay. This is mm. our evidence now. She's just like, I'm just going to keep it and wear it always. Can I tell you, that's one of my biggest nitpicks with all movies that have necklaces mm. in them, is when they do that thing where they rip it off of their neck without unclasping it. And I'm yes. like, are you an amateur jeweler? <laughs> How often are you fixing the chains on these goddamn necklaces you're ripping off of people? Because Dom does that to her later. He like comes to her apartment and he like rips it off of her neck and he's like, this is mine. Why do you have it? And I was like... Dom, do you have time to be fixing the links on this chain right now? I do not think that you do. So, like, at some point, it's just going to be an, a bracelet. We're like, yeah, oh. especially that's the thing about it is that it hangs down slow, so low. You don't even have to unclasp it. You can just you pull can just it off your head. It. But no, just. <laughs> I hate that. It drives me nuts. Because uh, I've broken numerous necklaces, and it's always such a bitch to fix them that I'm just like. It is. I just, just bought a new one. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm just getting a new chain. I'm not going to get my pliers out. Well, maybe that's this. what he does. Like, he's running around all of these places that would uh, stereotypically have like little jeweler shops set up on the streets like running through the streets of Brazil and Puerto mm. Rico or Cuba or whatever <laughs> he just drops so he it just off. keeps yeah he just keeps his cross and then he runs up and he's like silver chain <laughs> and then he grabs it out of the air and then he puts it back on like a home alone. two strand twenty dollar two strand twenty dollars like yes I need a pack of five chains because <laughs> I go through a lot of fucking chains yeah he just keeps them in bulk and he just all you have to do is have the pendant, and you can it's keep true. redoing it. Uh, the other thing with, you know, Dom just wooing all of these police officers. A, Brian, the cop, who should have arrested him after their, like, mm-hmm. uh, race through the train tracks, and then Dom gets hit by the semi, should have been like, okay, bud, now you're going with me. And he was like, oh, I owe you a 10-second car. So he gives him a head start to go off. And then Hobbs does the same thing. After mm-hmm. five, he's like, listen, man, I know I've been trying to, like, arrest you and or kill you this whole time, but you saved my life after my entire crew died, so I'll give you 24 hours to get ahead of me. And those people are still cops after that. Yes! Like, that is the most bizarre thing. Like, yes. oh, why didn't why didn't you arrest the guy that you were supposed to arrest? He's like... Oh, well, like, I, we made a deal. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's your job. He and was right in front of you. Like, I could see you on the bridge talking like, to each other. Like, either he goes to jail or you go to jail. Do you want to go to jail? And he's like, Ugh. But nothing. Well, that's another thing. Yeah, nothing ever happens to no. any of these people. Ever. Yeah, Dom's on his way to jail to do 20 to life. But then here comes the crew. And then just, boom. The only person who goes to jail is Hobbs. And Hobbs and Shaw, but then well, they like Shaw, break I out. mean, Shaw was never part of the family when he went right. to prison. Like, he is the only bad guy who gets caught and sent to jail. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the other guys did, too, but they don't, like, show it. But, yeah, Hobbs gets arrested for what, like, what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he should have For not been, doing yeah. his job. And but, it, honestly, it was kind of just, like, a joke because the newbie with 
whatever mm-hmm. government agency they want to call this, is like, oh, well, I put him in jail. And then Mr. Nobody's like, you done fucked up. Let's just wait outside the gates because he'll be here in 10, I yeah. guess. Way to go, new guy. So. so much for our secret ops. We just set a riot in this prison, but like, whatever, thanks. So that also leads me to Brian has been a cop for a long time, and then at one point, I think it's four, he's like, yeah, I was recruited by the feds because I'm so good at lying. What division does Brian work in? Is it like Law and Order SRU, the straight racing unit? Has he ever been put on a murder beat? Has he ever just been like a meter maid? Or is he just a street racer? Yeah, because like, how much work is there in that? Right? Especially since I've never seen any of those people get arrested for anything. (laughs) He's not doing a lot of work. So you're not doing a lot of good work there, bud. But whatever. No, that was so silly. I don't have a ton of gripes. I didn't really... I didn't. These aren't really gripes, gripes, but they're just questions that I have. I wish Eva Mendes had come back. She Well, she sort of did in five, but that was just to tell Hobbs that Letty was still alive. I want to know, we've talked about how extreme the stunts have gotten and how good that has been for the franchise not to get stale. Can this franchise jump the shark? Is there I, something that's too far? I think so. I think it was getting close with eight. I rated eight actually pretty low. Because I thought it was getting a little too over the top. Like, I don't know where they're going to go after 8 because it was so intense and, Mm -hmm. like, so preposterous that I'm like, well, any other conflict that comes up after this is going to seem like nothing after the craziness that was Cypher and all of her, like, Skynet bullshit. Mm -hmm. And, like, they were being chased across an ice-covered pond by a submarine. Hell And, like... And they've already used, like, Predator drones and, like, heat-seeking missiles and nuclear codes and stuff. And I'm like, what's next? Like, are they going to be, like, fighting literal tigers or something next? Like, I can very easily see this franchise jumping the shark if they, like, go up and up and up. Really? Because I've heard talks that they want to move it into space. That's insane. That sounds like jumping the shark. That does not sound like jumping the shark for me. That sounds exactly like the right move. What would they do in space? The same shit that they're doing here. Like, somebody is going to try and take over the moon or Mars or something, and then they're going to have those little land rovers. Are you hearing the words that you're saying? Sarah, this is a superhero movie. It can go anywhere, and space is not off limits. So this is Guardians of the Galaxy now, but, like, with cars. Listen. If Armageddon can exist where they're like, we're not just going to take astronauts and teach them how to drill oil. We're going to take oil drillers and teach them how to be astronauts. Then yes, Fast and the Furious can exist in space. I love that you're using Armageddon as your justification. Am I wrong? So like, apparently we are of differing views. <laughs> to me, that sounds bananas. Oh, I want it. But. I, I want them to push it to the limit. I think honestly, the only thing that it's not even jumping the shark for them. It's like they didn't even, like, they forgot to put gas in the boat. Like, if they went back to just street racing or something petty, like, oh, more drug cartels or something, mm-hmm. then it'd be like, oh, mm, stale. Keep it. Yeah. But if they keep turning up the volume, I will go deaf. You know what would be cool is if they did, like, boats. Yeah, they only had the one boat, and that, that was... That was a cruise ship. That wasn't really a boat. 
It was the yacht for Verona, and then that's they what had, I'm saying. Yeah, they had to they were jump racing it. it. No, they didn't race it because he was going very slow, and yeah. they were like, "Okay, well, our car can catch up to it and just jump and land on it." Mm-hmm. So let's just do that. Boats would be good, uh, like you know, cigarette boats and yeah. stuff. And Tej fucked with um, uh, jet skis for a minute, but yeah, something mm-hmm. water based would be good. Um, they really didn't do much in the desert for being in Abu Dhabi. They were mm-hmm. more city bound but yeah something that was be like atv kind of stuff would be yeah i did really like the um the tunnel under the mountain that was wild that was that was i liked that i'd like more like death race stuff or like speed but like with the fast and the furious guys (gasps) how has there not been a bomb in one of these cars see i could see see those are cool ideas yes space seems wild but other like death defying things would be very cool so I feel like there's been a lot of nods to these other movie franchises. Like, I would consider Fast and the Furious 4 to just be, like, fucking Mad Max. I don't know if you've watched that, but mm-hmm. it's just, like, yeah. all desert. I do love these Mad These weird yeah. cars, and, like, they're all chasing each other through shit, and mm-hmm. that's all it was. They're just going back and forth through this tunnel, and, like, my palms are sweating because I'm, like, you don't know which way the things are going to turn. And yeah. And it was just the most obscene race I've ever seen. Like, Dom killed that man with that car and then called him a pussy. (laughs) That was insane. (laughs) But yeah, I I can see that for sure. Or like, well, like even in Hobbs and Shaw, Idris Elba's character, I forget what his name is. Honestly. It doesn't really matter. But like Idris Elba's character is like half robot. Yeah. And so if they are going to continue making movies, which I know that they are, Mm -hmm. either the stunts have to get crazier or the villains have to get like literally superhuman, which I think that's the way that it's going to go. Yeah. So like they have like these shadowy figures and stuff, which is, again, it's still insane that these shadowy figures are even bothering with these, like, car racer people. Like, how did they get so important that they're being targeted by, like, terrorist cells? Well, it's because the terrorist cells pop up because then they need to find Shaw's sister. Mm -hmm. And so, A, you can bring in Shaw because who knows his sister better than him. But then also, like, you better bring in the best team in the world to Mm -hmm. get him. So it's not like the terrorists are like, oh, we're gonna get these guys. It's just, there's nobody else in the world who can possibly save us help us fast and the furious guys and they're Mm -hmm. like ugh we said one last ride four movies ago yeah okay but no i can i can see it staying good if they don't go to moon they can't go to like moon landing like moon rovers i would love movie no no not nine like i'm talking like fast and the furious like 13 they're on the moon okay we'll see (laughs) mark it down we've called it Fast and Furious 13, what would say? Like, New Moon or something. Uh, ooh, okay. They could call it Space Race. Ooh. They could call it... Fast and the Furious Presents... Fast and the Furious Space Race Lunar Road. I'm really liking Space Race again. <laughs> Fast and the Furious... Ooh, Dark Side of the Moon. I liked... I was trying to think of Side of the Moon. Ooh. Dark Side of the Moon is very good. Fast and the Furious Dark Side of the Moon is good. Also, Space Race is very good. Like, it's oh, it's topical. It's Because also, like, that's the way that, like, the Mad Max franchise went, right? The first movie is just Mel Gibson tooling around for two hours in Australia, and people start acting a little funny. There's mm-hmm. no, like, races. There's not a lot of action. 
But then you get all the way up to Fury Road and it's like, yeah, of course, they're just hanging people in caves and bloodletting them. And then mm. there's these races to get water. Like, that's just the way that some franchises have to evolve. Yeah. So I'm here for them going into space. I'm here for them going into, like, underwater layers. Like, you want some water shit? They better be able to take those boats from on top of the water to straight down. That's true. That would be cool. Yeah. Swimming car. Well, I'm excited to see where the franchise goes. Okay, good. I'm glad you're on board now. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's <laughs> Here's my proposal, and why is this not a thing yet? Especially off air, you and I, are, we're going to come up with a safe word. Because oh, okay. <laughs> you look terrified. <laughs> I, was, I thought it was the safe word about, like, our podcast, and I was like, oh, shit, am I supposed to, like, like if I say, like, jelly bean or something, <laughs> like... <laughs> Cut it, no. cut. <laughs> no. no, my proposal is that, like, everyone in this team knows Dom so well. Mm. And then in eight, he goes off so hard and betrays the family. And everyone's like, oh, Dom's gone rogue. Yeah. Dom's gone bad. Dom's gone bad. Like, and especially Letty, of all people, should know that that's not Dom. And she does, deep in her heart. She's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to get you back. Either something's happened here or what. Well, she's the only real ride or die. Because yes. she's the only one who's like, nope, I don't believe any of this shit. Where everyone else is like, this is crazy. And she's like, don't even think about it. But there's that bonkers scene where he's standing with Cypher in front of Letty, like, after she uses those, like, shock things. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, it seems like Dom made his choice, and she just, like, sticks her tongue in his mouth. Like, he should be able to go applesauce. And then she's like, "Mm, got it. You have been compromised. Like, how does the team not have a safe word? They should. They probably... Well, this is the first time they've ever betrayed each other. I think that's part of it. Like... Okay. Do you think they will come up with They've never been turned against each other before. Except for when Letty lost her... Memory. Right, but she would remember the that, safe word. Yeah, after, after that, that, that would be the turning be point. Like, maybe we should like have something where if I say like I love imports, don't you remember how much I love imports? Yeah, and Brian's if, like fuck you. you yeah, if he was like, if only I had a skyline to drive right now, and then Brian was like, <gasps> oh no, <laughs> that would they could come up with some kind of yeah. So we're supposed to come. Well, we can't air our. No, that's what I'm safe saying. Word. Off air, oh, okay, you and yeah. I, we have to come up with a safe word because, like, let's say I get into, like, a toxic relationship mm-hmm. or something that I'm too afraid to leave. All I can do is call you up and be like, eggplants are on sale. And you're like, like I got oh, you. Shit. Team assemble. Yeah. We're going to heist I'm you I'm already there. in my car. Yes. You know, I don't know which caused the other. Fast and the Furious causing me to yell heist while you drove around in that minivan. Or if I've just been so hardcore into heist that I love the Fast and the Furious. I don't know. Those were around the same. No, it was after. But you were already well into your love of Fast and the right. Furious before we did that. But it ne- which came first? Awkward. The chicken or the egg, you know? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about our rankings then. I'm so ready for this. Okay. Okay. Please go ahead. My number one Mm -hmm. is Furious 7 because finally Jason Statham, my evil petty Terminator Bizarro Transporter. Like I have such love for the Transporter series. That was one of my favorite movies ever as a, like. You did watch it a lot because it was the same thing that would come up on HBO all the time. Yeah. Probably the same time you were getting super into Fast and the Furious, I watched all of the Transporter movies with my family Mm -hmm. and like watched them constantly. So, like, for me, Jason Statham is my, like, number one favorite action movie person. And so him coming into the 
series, I was like, yes, Furious 7, I'm so here for it. Plus, like, that was when they really started amping up the stunts. Yes. And, and I just loved it so much. I'm trying to remember. Well, we talked about everything I liked about it. So, number one is Furious 7. Mm-hmm. Two is Fast Five, because I love the heist. And it's the first time, like, the family is fully assembled. Like, mm-hmm. every piece comes together. So I really liked that. And like you say, the montage of them all, like, planning the heist and getting... Like, I loved those two Hispanic guys that don't ever get, like, really any other play. Yeah, they're just these, like, little bit characters, but it's just kind of like, you're also here and we take care of you. And they still got, like, the the same cut everyone they, mm-hmm. they split it like eight different ways and it's not like on a pay scale and well I love their that. bickering was so cute i yeah. just loved them i loved They're that whole dynamic of the team in that movie was so fun i mm-hmm. really really loved it plus that's when the rock shows up and like that was a huge like adrenaline boost into the whole franchise that was so great mm-hmm. so and also they had like really great cinematography when they're doing all the like running across the like favela rooftops yeah. and um the ambush scene and even like the um heist itself were the shots were so amazing like it was really well produced that's another thing that they didn't use cgi with so the mm-hmm. safe is actually like a, a bed of a truck or something that's encased in a thing that they dragged through the streets and oh they my did God. like actual i think they filmed it in like puerto rico but yeah it's another one of those things where they're like we're not just gonna computer animate this. Like, I want to see this play out. Oh, it's violent. It's, it's very violent. Violently destructive. Yes. Yeah. But it was very cool. I really like that. Yeah. Three has to be too fast, too furious for me because okay. it's it's the one I've seen the most. Right. But I like it's more high stakes. It was like a better movie than one. Like one was more about like the the cop drama mm-hmm. part, like turning these criminals, right? Mm-hmm. Two was more high stakes about, like, there is a criminal that we are trying to catch and, like, we're going to use cars to do it. It's the first time they, like, use the cars as, like, a vehicle, like, literally a vehicle yeah. for crime fighting. Yeah, it's their tool. They yeah. finally are real, like, oh, this is our strong yeah. suit. So yeah. I really like two is number three. Plus, I love the switcheroo. Mm-hmm. And it has, like, the best misdirections and hijinks, even though I fucking hate that rat scene Five so much. and two are... Yeah, they do the best switcheroos because it's... Yeah. And yeah, I know you... When we first started talking about you doing this, you're like, I can't handle any more torture scenes because I fucking hate that rat under the bucket thing. And I'm glad that they started not torturing people at that point. Because in the first movie, they have Johnny Tran who, like, waterboards that guy with oil. Oh, man, it, like, turned my stomach. I couldn't handle it. And then they had to do the rat thing. And then, yeah, like you said, the only other time they torture anybody is, like, the that, like... Rio mob boss guy like hangs them by their arms or whatever but the rest of the franchise movies they like don't have time to be torturing anybody They're like nah we're we're not even gonna come close to you we're just gonna either kill you or like get away those mm-hmm. there's no torture it's great yeah. and then four is number one because it's good because mm-hmm, it's good yes. um five is eight mm-hmm. fate of the furious because there was great teamwork like i really liked that shaw came back and hobbs came back and they were helping them mm-hmm. Um, but, and I was not expecting the baby. Mm-hmm. I do not like Charlize Theron. She's very scary. Also Skynet. This is why I don't trust the cloud. <laughs> These are all of my notes that I wrote. So, and like, and also that one was the most preposterous. Like, even yes. though the stunts were very good, like I liked them. They were impressive. It was also the one where I was like taken the most out of the story where it's like, come on. Like, this is too much for me. Okay. Um, four, I put as number six. 
just because I didn't really remember much about four. Yeah, that's it's kind of forgettable. But I also think that that's the um, because the same way that you kind of had this like preposterous version of eight, I honestly that trip through the mine and the uh, race against the submarine are pretty much the same. Yeah, because it ends with. Cars flipping over, jumping the thing that it needs to get past, and then defeating the bad guy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's that same formula. So I feel like 4 is just dialed back in the sort of forgettable kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. So 4 was fine, but it wasn't, like, great. Mm -hmm. And then 6 is my last one because I wrote while I was watching. It was, like, boring, almost no cars. Basic action movie. Like, they didn't really use the cars to do anything. Like, Mm -hmm. they were chasing Shaw's group who used fast cars. And they had cooler cars, actually. They had all those, like, weird, like, connects ones they that were, could, like, yeah. flip other cars and stuff. But, yeah, it was, like, it was Precision versus Family, which was a cool theme that I liked. But, yeah, it was, it felt more like just an action movie. Like, the A team versus, like, the B team. Okay. And even though the plane thing was, like, cool, it was also, again, like, very preposterously way too much time spent on this plane. Like, mm-hmm. we just need to get off of this plane. It was an absurdly... That should have been one of my nitpicks, too, which is how fucking long is this runway? Oh, my goodness, yes. Because it went on forever. Okay, my number one, and this has shifted a lot over the last time. This summer, um, I gave my rankings drunk in a bar, which also mm-hmm. should just not be, you know, law. Um, but it's changed a lot after that, especially watching them all in a row. Because when you've been watching something for, it's 20 years. Yeah. This franchise is 20 years old. Then you have your favorites and you just kind of go back to those rather Mm -hmm. than like, oh, I'm just going to watch the one that's always been my least favorite to see if it changes me, you know? Mm -hmm. So watching them all in a row at this point in my life, it shifted dramatically. So my number one is Fast Five. That's very good. It it's, is. it's one of the best ones. Because, yeah, like you said, that was the one where they finally found their wheelhouse. They found everything that works right. Mm-hmm. The uh, drama and the stunts were turned up just to the perfect level. Like, it was almost too much, but in the way where you're like, I am full, but I ate just the right amount that I'm not hurting. Well, and, you know? and it's still a movie. Like, and, yeah. it has to be entertaining. And they hit that sweet spot of, like, mm-hmm. a normal person couldn't do this, but I'm very entertained by the fact that they are doing it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So Fast Five is my number one. My number two is number one. And I figured number one was going to rank pretty high for you. And I think that's mostly to do with the nostalgia because mm-hmm. I watched it over and over and over again for so long. And also... In my mind, especially talking about how now there's this team that's been assembled and they've gained all of these skills and do all of these things, it's kind of like a prequel. Mm-hmm. Like, if this hadn't come out first, they could release Fast and the Furious 1 right now and just be like, this is how the gang got together. Yeah. And it would still hold up. There's no, like, plot holes where it's like, we've presented this information and we've deviated so far from it, it doesn't even make sense anymore. Which I think when you get like 10 movies from a franchise it's always kind of like well that didn't age well mm-hmm. and the only things that didn't age well from fast and the furious one is the technology like the dvd players yeah and the fashion and, and the fashion yeah. and the language that they mm-hmm. used that's it uh, okay three is fast seven mm-hmm. which in my original ranking this summer was at the very bottom of my list really you didn't like seven yes and 
I'm trying to think back as to why, like, because the first time I saw it, like I said, I was in that German kino. Mm -hmm. It was right after Paul Walker died. And also, Fast 7 is so buck wild. Like, if I told you when you were going to watch, I was like, it's a fever dream. Mm -hmm. Because everything that happens in it is like, whoa, okay, you're 20 minutes in, you're jumping out of planes. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're just going to drive the car across the buildings. And I think it was such a shock for me. And I had built up so much about what I thought the movie would be. Mm -hmm. And what I thought would happen to Paul Walker. And it kind of like spun me in a way that I just didn't revisit for a long time. Mm-hmm. But rewatching it all in a row, I was like, oh, of course. All of this makes sense. It's a perfect tribute. They did the exact right... They could have gotten it so wrong with yeah. Paul Walker's death. And every part about it is exactly what should happen. Any really other franchise would have killed him off and had mm-hmm. him a martyr. But this was perfect. So <clears throat> it jumped up four places in my rankings oh, yeah. on my rewatch. But then that leads me to then my my fourth position is six. Only because those two movies are so like tightly wound because like Letty is still dealing with her yeah. amnesia and stuff. Well that... and Shaw is the brother of the other Shaw and yes. yeah. And so I really like all of the things that transpire from six. That even though in five, that's the one where we learn like, oh, Letty didn't actually die. We get to learn the backstory. We get to see the strife with um, Brian and Dom and dealing with that. Mm -hmm. And Dom says this thing to him like, look, man, I know you had to like go to jail to fight Baraga for you to heal. But now we have to heal somebody else. And so it it was like a whole journey about getting the gang back together. Mm And their whole mission, because, like, Brian and Mia at that point were out. They had already had Jack. He had his minivan, and he was just, like, mm-hmm. living his dumb little life. And then they were like, no, we have to get Letty back. And Mia was the first person to jump on board and be like, absolutely, she's family. Go, go, go. I got Jack. Go get her. I really like that about yeah. Mia, that she was always like, no, you have to go, because you have to back up yeah. the family. Like, not, because most wives in action movies are like, Pick don't us. go. We are your family yeah. now. Yeah, stuff I like really that. like that she was like, no, the team will be weaker if you're not there. Mm-hmm. You have to go. Right. And I really, really appreciated that. And then the other part, even though like the whole plane scene was preposterous, I really liked that um, it's the movie that had the first major loss. Because in Fast 1, yeah. Jesse died, but you don't get to know him that well. But no. when Giselle sacrifices herself to yeah, save Han that was rough. is huge. And then Han, his like face breaking when everyone mm-hmm. realizes because they're t- together. All the other teams like, cool, my buddy is here. Yeah. And then they're like, Han, where is Giselle? And he is just this broken shell of a man. Mm-hmm. It was really intense. Han is underrated. He's very underrated. He was very good. I liked him a lot. Yes. Yeah. And then that's another thing, like Han's death at the end of that, because then they're like, well, where are you going to go? And he's like, I hear they're doing crazy shit in Tokyo, and me and Giselle always talk about going to Tokyo. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll go there. And so then moments after we lose Giselle, we lose Han also. Like, that was just, like, a huge blow that I never saw coming. Because Mm -hmm. it's like, the movie's over, the credits are rolling, and then it's like, you took another one of my boys from me? That's a wild Mm -hmm. stunt to pull. Okay, five is... The fate of the furious. Fast eight is mm-hmm. because yeah, the noise has already been dialed up. It's preposterous. It's fun, and then you have Shaw like playing a bigger character, 
and Shaw's mother is involved, who I love. I really like that, And I always love um, somebody who's been compromised or hijacked who is, like, playing their captors like a fiddle. Mm -hmm. Because Dom's like, yeah, I'm here, I'm your captor, but understand that, like, I am a caged animal, and every day I grow stronger, and you will be destroyed. I really liked the, um, the callback when he is in the alley, and they have all this technology to be able to watch him. But they can't see him, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta like fix, fix my, spark my spark plug, plug or whatever." Oh, so good. And, and my it was palm like, sweat when that happens too, because I'm like, "You have like a minute," and she's in here like, "I'm gonna just finish my cuppa," and I'm like, "Go faster, dude. yeah." But it was the guy. It was the guy he met in Cuba yeah. in Havana, which I thought was a cool callback too. Who was too. like, yeah, because that's the same thing about this whole family. Like Dom never writes anybody off. This guy was an asshole. He was gonna steal his cousin's car or whatever. And then he's like, look, man, no, you get to keep your car. We're good. This was just a big old guys being dudes event. Yeah. Wasn't it fun? My flaming car went into the like the Gulf. Bay. The, yeah. yeah. Ha 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 ha. And then yeah, he uses him later as this guy, and now they're bros. It's just mm-hmm. ugh, Dominic, you you wonderful man. Okay. Uh and then is fast four, which only just because the the gang is back together and like Dom is there again, it's like the full team. Mm-hmm. Because Well, that's our that's six for you? Yes. That's the same yep, as me. Six. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's not that exciting. It's kind of forgettable. I have to remind myself all the time what happened in it. But I like that the gang is back together and they're kind of greasing <laughs> greasing their wheels to figure out what they're good at. Mm-hmm. And so that's them kind of finally getting their groove. And I love the seamless transition where Dom gets arrested. He's off to his maximum security facility. And then here comes the team off the horizon, and I, it I really transitions like seamlessly into yeah. five because it's like four. You're a perfect setup, but five just knocks it all down. Mm-hmm. And so then, yes, yeah, seven for me is um, too fast, too furious, which was very high in my ranking before. But when I rewatched it and I took notes, I took like four lines of things. Like I talked about how much I like Roman and Brian's friendship and how much I like the heist. And that mm-hmm. was it. Those were my only comments about yeah. everything that happened. So. Well, and again, fell. it's like you, it's like one for you because yeah. that has such nostalgia for you. Yeah. And for me, Too Fast, Too Furious was the only movie in this franchise that I even knew at all. Mm-hmm. And I have seen it like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for me, that is. Fast and the Furious. Like, that was my only introduction to it for a long time. And it's the only reason it's so high up for me. Because it's also, like one, hasn't aged very well, but it's still very entertaining. I love it. Yeah, it's super entertaining. And the them disappearing into that warehouse and then all of the cars coming out is one of my favorite, like, mm-hmm. mix them up, bamboozling the cops. Well, and really, that's the only movie that Tesh... Roman and um, Brian get any kind of, like, attention. Like, Mm -hmm. they are the stars of that movie. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's also part of the reason that they're still my favorites, even when Dom and Letty get introduced. Because, like, I didn't really know Dom and Letty at all when I started. Because, like, they're not in number two. And so, for me... I'm always a sucker for the side characters anyway. And so to have a movie all about the side characters, I really liked a lot. So that was another question that I wanted to ask you is, aside from, it can honestly be including anybody because I don't expect you to pick Dom or Brian as your favorite, but who out of the crew is your favorite? I really like Roman a lot. 
I think Roman's my favorite. Yeah. I he's just that character that I love, that like bumbling sidekick kind of mm-hmm. guy. Um, but I also I have a soft spot for Luda. I love Ludacris so he's much. He's he's my favorite. So like the two sure. of them together, yeah. I love that dynamic mm-hmm. of them together. Yeah, Tej is my favorite, and I also feel like he's um, so level-headed in a way that, well, like, he balances out Roman for sure, Mm -hmm. but I love that scene in, um, I think it's Seven, when him and Hobbs, they go to that auction to get cars for them, and that douchey guy comes up and he's like, oh, you're clearly not meant to be here, and Luda's like, don't worry, I'm gonna, like, fuck him up, I'm gonna fix him, and Hobbs is like, you can't steal these cars. You can't steal them. I won't let you steal them. And then he was like, oh, you bought them. And he was like, yeah, I have millions of dollars. I yeah. bought them. <laughs> it was so good. Well, and even just the the after part where he was just like so annoyed with that guy that he's like, yeah, I literally own you. You're my bitch now. Yeah, give, give me, me your, your shirt. shirt. Give me your jacket. Give me your pants. My and guy here wants your shirt. And he's like, I don't think it'll fit. And then the I rock's don't like, give a shit. No, the give- rock's like, oh, it'll fit. It'll fit. And he's like, give him your pants. So good. Yeah. Yeah, Luda has a way to like play everyone around him like a fiddle. Like he, because he's that hacker mind. He's always 10 steps ahead of everybody. It's so good. Uh, Do you have any comments that went unsaid? Do you have any other like just general, like let's open up the floor for discussion? Do you have any questions for Mm. me? Um, no, I think the only other thing that I was going to say was like, and we've touched on it a couple times, but the early movies are such a time capsule and I really appreciate that about them. Like you can say that they're like, people will say that they're not as cool as the later ones, but I just love like the fashion and I want to talk about like floppy disks and stuff. And like into at one point, Brian, after they're like switcheroo, he literally yells, how about them apples? And I was like, God, that's the most like 2002 thing I've ever heard in my life. So I really appreciate that about the earlier movies. They almost are like, like you say, like prequels and sequels, but they're just so funny. It cracks me up. Because I didn't take any notes about it or even look into it or anything, but the first movie, the soundtrack, is... I have such nostalgia for that alone. Like, that was any kind of, like, you play a racing game on PS1 or something, mm-hmm. and Jet Moto has those songs. And then when uh, Brian and Vince are getting in those that fisticuffs outside of the, um, the store because he ordered a tuna fish sandwich, yeah. it's just, like, that song specifically is the entire aughts. Just... See, and, and for me, that was going to be, I weren't sure, I wasn't sure if we were going to do a small guilty pleasure, like yes, of the whole please. franchise, Ooh. but my small guilty pleasure of the entire Fast and the Furious franchise is Ludacris's Too Fast, Too Furious. I love that Ludacris, because like in the movies, you can very easily forget that he's a rapper and he was a very, very famous, very popular rapper in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. But he does so many songs for the, like, the credits. Like, I think half the movies have, like, a ludicrous song at the end where he's just rapping about, like, fast cars, loose women, da 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 And I just love a ludicrous outro so rap I. song. I love it. And the reason I love Too Fast, Too Furious is partly because of that. Too Fast. Too furious. Oh, they're bangers, for sure. I love it. They're bops. And yeah. what is so funny is, in the first movie, Ludacris 
does the Where the Hose At song. Mm -hmm. And so then there's this whole, like, universe debate about, like, okay, so Ludacris was credited with singing Where the Hose At in Fast One, but then appears in Too Fast, Too Furious as Tej Parker. Is Tej Parker, like, Ludacris in this universe? Did Tej Parker sing this song? Like, it, it gets into this, like, whole roundabout way, but I love that, like, I want to know the background on if the movie approached Ludacris, like, can we use this song? And then he was like, only if I am part of the team. You know what? I'm hella into this. I am so into this. I already have eight other songs planned. Yeah. Let's, like, drop a contract. Let's bring up a, yeah, a beautiful partnership. No, that is, that was my small guilty pleasure of the the franchise. I love the Ludacris songs in the franchise specifically. I don't know what one of my small ones would be. That's a very, very tough question. That's why I had to prepare mine beforehand. Oh, I was boy. like, because also I had it stuck in my head as I was doing my notes. I was like, too fast. Um, my small guilty pleasure about the whole thing isn't anything that exists within it. I think it's just kind of like the feeling that I get from watching them. Mm-hmm. Because no matter how many times I watch them, every time I'm, oh no, my small guilty pleasure it was gonna be so wholesome for a minute. You're like, oh shoot, no. no, no, it's still it's still wholesome, but like I do get this feeling whenever I rewatch them, no matter how many times I rewatch them. But the thing that I rewatch the most is Dominic's winning is winning speech. Mm. There are very like select parts of movies that I watch when I need to hype myself up, and that is one of them. And it really doesn't have anything. It doesn't get involved in the franchise in any other way. Like I guess complete the mission by any means necessary and it doesn't matter how you do it if you destroy an entire city as long as you get the bad guy you won Mm -hmm. but like a dominic monologue is the perfect guilty pleasure of this movie he has two about his dad the one where he takes brian into the garage and talks about him burning alive in front of him which is wild. wild and that really doesn't get brought up ever again no at all no it's just like hey i saw this horrific thing as a child and i'm incredibly traumatized by it Mm-hmm. But now I'm the dad of the group, I guess. And then he has the other one, which was very out of the blue. But in five, when uh, Brian finally finds out that Mia's pregnant and they're out on the balcony in Brazil having a corona. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Dom, what do you remember about your father? And he was like, oh, he'd always stay up late, like learning the next math lesson to teach Mia. And like, it mm-hmm. was, but like the way he presents it is like, I just love a big tough guy being a big softy. Mm-hmm. Um... And then his other major monologue is the, oh, Buster, you think you almost had me? Oh, now, like, you ripped apart your manifold. Granny shifting, not double clutching like you should. Like, he gets into mm-hmm. this whole thing, and he, the crowd is putty in his hands. Everyone is there to watch Dom, mm-hmm. and they're just eating up every word that he says. And then that whole, ask any real racer. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. And he throws his arms up, and everyone just loses their minds. And I'm like, what a man that can command a room. Like, <laughs> it gets me every time. I get goosebumps every time I watch it. So that's my mini guilty pleasure. No, that's really good. Thank I like you. it. Thank you. This was so fun. I had a good... And I... I'm happy to sit through this because next you get to sit through me gushing about Rocky. I am very, very excited to take this Rocky journey. Yeah. Do you want to tease anything about it? Like anything that kind of relates to, because one of the things that I noticed why this resonated with me so hard 
Um, because even though I have watched it since the beginning, I fell away from it for a while, but I found it again when I was living alone in Germany mm-hmm. because um, my only, like, my best friend there, she had mentioned in passing one day when we were together, she was like, oh, they're making Fast 7. Like, I'm so excited. I love those movies. And I was like, really? I love those movies. Nobody else will watch them with me. And so we had, like, a marathon together. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sparked this thing for me where, like, I would get lonely and I would watch them. Like, that would be the thing that I turned on. And mm-hmm. I know that when you were having a really hard time, yeah, you well, turned for, to Rocky. Yeah, for me, Rocky, I it was one of those things, like, everyone knows Rocky is a famous movie. And it won an Oscar. Like, it's an Oscar-worthy movie about this, like, dumb jock guy who like fights in a in a boxing match and it shouldn't be a oscar worthy movie right but it is and i really like i needed to watch rocky when i did and it was like the year that or the summer that i graduated with my teaching degree and i'm looking for all these jobs and it's a summer long of like rejection letters and sorry we already found someone and it was such a like depressing part of time of my life. And that's like the whole theme of the movie Rocky. It's like he is a washed up 30 year old boxer who like is good at boxing, but nobody will give him a shot. Mm-hmm. And that resonated so much with me that it was like the only thing I would watch for like five months. Like mm-hmm. until I got hired, I watched Rocky like every night. And so, yeah, for me, it's like it's also like a very emotional thing and the story of how Rocky was made like I would almost want you to watch the director's cut and Rocky one because the story of how Sylvester Stallone got this movie off of like the cutting room floor is so amazing and I'll probably get into it when we do the Rocky episode but yeah it shouldn't it's a it's an Oscar award-winning film that never was intended to be made and I always think those stories are so interesting Mm -hmm. And, like, you can see that played out in the movie, and that's so cool. And then it just, like, like Fast and the Furious, it gets better and better and better every time. Mm-hmm. And, like, more preposterous and, like, more crazy and fan y But even the fan y parts are, like, fun and yeah. cool. So, yeah, I'm very excited. And I love that we're doing these as, like, whole episodes. So, like, if it's, I'm, like, if you're not into Fast and the Furious and you listen to our, like, two hours worth <laughs> of content of Fast and the Furious... And Terrace House, and if you're going to listen to us talk about Rocky, then, like, kudos to you. But I just, like, we've never really sat down and talked about these things that we love so much. And I really think that is such a cool opportunity to get to, like, air all of these feelings you have. Because everyone has, like, their favorite thing. Yes. And so often you want to talk to people about it. And, like, the people that don't have the connections to it, like, aren't willing to listen to you. It's just passive. They're not actually engaging you or Mm. being able to put in any input. It's like, oh, huh, yeah, interesting. And, yeah, that's also what I found so beneficial from this rewatch is that, you know, I've seen the movies so many times is that I'm usually a passive watcher and I only pay attention to the things that I really like. But going into it being like, oh, I'm going to talk about this with Sarah. I want to, you know, give my honest reactions. I didn't look at my phone. I was Mm -hmm. completely immersed in them. 
And then, like I said, my rankings of which were my favorites completely changed because I was seeing them from a different point of view. And I well, think that's really great. And I think I appreciated them even more knowing that I was going to be talking to you about them and that you loved them so much. Like, I went in much more open-minded and, like, wanting to fall in love with them. Yeah. Which was fun for me, too, because, like, I would see stuff I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about that with Kelly. Or, like, Hachi Machi, that was crazy. Like, this is so preposterous, but, like, I'm happy having so much fun and yeah the anticipation of knowing that you also loved it was very mm-hmm. fun for me I thought that was cool and yeah re-watching it thinking about how it would look through your eyes mm-hmm. was very fun um like oh man I can't wait until Sarah gets to this point because she is just going to giggle like there mm-hmm. was fun things like that it's always nice to share things that were so foundational mm-hmm. for you with somebody because then it's like oh it makes a lot of sense why you are the way that you are yeah it's like telling someone your favorite song or your favorite color or your favorite like yeah. those are all like windows into who you are and I always think that's cool to have like a a backdoor yeah. thing so instead of you just saying like oh I, I really love family and like I love guys being dudes, right? You can be like, oh, I love this thing that has all of those things in it. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, and like I said earlier, everyone loves to dump on me for liking it. Like, nobody is ever asking me, why do you like these movies? Mm -hmm. They're always just saying, like, they're trash. You should feel bad for liking this thing. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the response that I get when I talk about it. And then that feels terrible so yeah. to have somebody openly be like i will research this thing that mm-hmm. you like and talk to you about it or sit through two hours of a podcast of you just talking about your favorite thing mm-hmm. is such a treasure and yeah. a delight so so we appreciate you guys listening to us yeah thanks for coming and we would like to thank the legal immigrants who i hope that they like fast and the furious because now their song is burned <laughs> into that soundtrack maybe, like oh, forever. maybe someday we'll ask them to record too fast too furious for us <gasps> We're, we'll talk to marcus marcus if you're hearing us start working on joe for us that no, 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 no. What I need is a melophobics ver- funk version. Yes. Of like where the hose at. Stefan, get on it. Oh my god. Or yeah. I have some emails to compose after this. Okay. <laughs> we would like to thank the legal immigrants for being associated with us and this crazy podcast in any way. They are our introduction music with their song panacea which we love very much you can find them on instagram at at legal emmys and then we would also like to thank melophobics music for being part of this circus that we are performing in we even have a little circus tent that we Mm -hmm. record in you can find them on instagram or facebook or anywhere else at melophobics music Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know about you guys but like spoiler alert i listen to our podcast after kelly edits it she sends me like the cut or like i'll listen to it to remember what we talked about and when that melophobics pause comes in i'm like doing like the full head tilt like like it's a bop i love it that whole song is a fucking bop yeah um, but then also, if you would like to send me some of the things that you like Fast and, about Fast and the Furious, or if you have questions or theories or anything or that you want your own rankings? Your rankings, yes. Because some people are watching them because we're going to talk about them. Yeah. I which is so, so fun. So yeah, if you have your own rankings, especially if it's like the first time you watched it, I would love to get some statistics about this whole thing. Any kind of input, I am more than down if anyone wants to get further into this, because I could talk for hours and hours and hours. Sarah limited to me <laughs> to a time restraint. We are 
We're pushing it. So if you would like to contact us, you can find us at can.we.justsay on Instagram, or you can write to us with all of your feelings about the Fast and the Furious at can.we.justsaypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. Sarah, it doesn't matter whether you're a quarter mile away or halfway around the world. Everyone that matters to me is right here. Oh, Salute me, familia. Salute. <laughs> we didn't have glass ones, but it wasn't as cool. We can't be trusted with glass. Clink, clink. <laughs>